1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression, passed the, anyone, anyone, the tariff bill, the Hawley-Smoot Tariff Act, which anyone raised or lowered, raised tariffs in an effort to collect more revenue for the federal government. Did it work? Anyone? Anyone know the effects? It did not work, and the United States sank deeper into the Great Depression. Today, we have a similar debate over this. Anyone know what this is, class? Anyone? Anyone? Anyone seen this before? The Laffer Curve. Anyone know what this says? It says that at this point on the revenue curve, you will get exactly the same amount of revenue as at this point. This is very controversial. Does anyone know what Vice President Bush called this in 1980? Anyone? Something D-O-O -O economics. Voodoo economics. <laughs> And out of that was born a whole career. Wonderful. Ben Stein really is an only in America success story. Did you ever watch that show he did on? Uh, was that show he did on Comedy Central? There was like an interview show. It wasn't win Ben Stein's money, but it was like a it was like a half hour. It was like a Charlie Rose, but with a but with a sort of a zany studio audience. The hell was that even called? He also did the greatest game show moments. Is that true? Yeah. And he wrote speeches for Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. God bless him. Incredible. All right. Huh. An American life. Uh, why, hello. It's 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your sitting day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. Ben Stein's one of those guys about whom there almost certainly is a video game character based. I would bet my bottom dollar right now that it's somewhere, even if it's just sort of... He probably has his own video game. There, is, there ought to be some sort of a Ben Stein uh, first-person shooting game. I'd buy that right now, side unseen. Whether he's just like a... Or, or just a, like, a, like if you play Halo 2 where David Cross uh, has a cameo in Halo 2. Uh, there's this great sequence in Halo 2 where you're sitting there and you're, you're sort of pinned, you're pinned down under heavy enemy fire and you're, you've sort of taken shelter inside this ramshackle hut. And there's aliens outside who are throwing these like huge photon beams at you. And you're huddled down with all these other soldiers, one of whom is David Cross, who is completely ignoring the firefight outside and the fact that you're all about to be killed and raped by aliens. And he's discussing in some detail a dinner party he's throwing that night. So there you go. Ben Stein, you ought to be getting some of that money. Alright. Anyway, hello. It is the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program, lovingly assembled in the United States by a series of robots. It's 503-733-2970. You'd like to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. With your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, your whatever. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, uh, the tedious, the mundane, the economic, the whatever. It's 503-733-2970. If you want to email, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. 
dot am. All right, it's a, uh, a huge pile of things to get today, even more so than normal. Uh, so we've got uh, Lisa Desjardins is going to be uh, coming up later on today. Do you see that thing about how Obama wrote that whole speech himself? I don't know if that's a little bit of spin. I mean, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But so they gave, this is their attempt to wring two days of publicity out of that, uh, you know, the, the, the United We Stand speech or whatever it is they're calling it. Yeah. So he gives the speech and then today uh, they're putting out the story that he uh, wrote it entirely himself, which, if true, is impressive. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Lisa Desjardins about that today. And I guess I don't have the story in front of me. Uh, here we go. This is from Reuters. Democrat Barack Obama's big national lead over Hillary Clinton has anyone, anyone, expanded or decreased, <laughs> has all but evaporated in the U.S. presidential race, and both uh, Democrats uh, lead or trail, anyone, trail Republican John McCain. That's what I read. Yeah. So uh, Americans mo want more war. <laughs> <laughs> well, who, who doesn't, Tim? It is the most American of values. Mm -hmm. Uh... Anyway, so we'll talk to Lisa about that. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop uh, will join us today. Improbably, we're going to spend a second day talking about aging baby boomers. It's really just uh, an excuse for me to, uh, you know, to talk to him about it. You can put it off. They're going to be around for a while. I know. Can't get rid of them. Uh, let's see. We'll have the top five today. Our good friend uh, James, who works in the afternoon sometimes. James will join us in the two o'clock hour. I'm cleaning out my. Uh, I'm cleaning out the the V drive, and the V drive is this sort of communal. A drive that's on our network system where we store a lot of things. And I was going through there this weekend, just throwing out some old stuff. Uh, and just stuff that we're never going to use anywhere. This is like old, weird, like sound effects and things that Scotty put together. And just music beds that, 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 that we used once we're never going to use again. So I found this top five that we had assembled for that day that Tommy Thayer was going to be in the studio with us when he came to town for that benefit. Tommy Thayer of KISS. And I had assembled this top five KISS songs you ought to know but probably don't. And then I never did it. And then I just sort of passed over because we kind of had a moratorium on doing Kiss list because they were just so omnipresent for a while. Uh, <coughs> pardon me, but it's like uh, Star Wars stuff. You yeah. don't take so much. No, it's, I mean that really we had sort of topped out on it. Uh, and I wouldn't be doing it today except I want to get rid of it, uh, but I got to do it. If I throw it away without doing it, then I'll, I'll regret it later. Uh, it's like how you always have that one little like in your garage. Like and guys know this in your garage. There's that one little. Uh, glass Gerber baby food jar full of nuts and bolts and you look at it and you go I don't even know what these bolts go on to I don't even know what these are used to fasten I'll throw them away and then of course it's like later that day that you realize there's a, like a bunk bed in the back room that you need to fix so anyway I'm going to do the top five today James big kiss fan he'll come in for that uh, what else geek watch coming up today a double snuff watch today. We only had part of it last night. The other half came this morning. So, uh, double snuff watch. Corpse watch coming up today. Uh, let's see. And uh, a big pile of stuff over here. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com uh, will join us. Uh, a couple announcements. A, don't forget, coming uh, April 1st, which is not a Monday. I think it's actually a Tuesday, so it's a little confusing. But uh, coming Tuesday, April 1st, the AM970 live stream begins. Uh, initially, we'll just be doing uh, this this show, this uh, the Rick Emerson show, because you've got to clear the, the lawyers have got to clear all the other shows one by one. It was hard enough to get this show uh, ready. So, um, I mean, really, honestly, how long have I been on here going? No, no, no. The lawyers are working on the, and we just now got permission to do like this program. So. Starting. What did the lawyers have to do? They never contacted us. No, they just uh, they just look at things and then they file stuff and then they sort and then they xerox and then they mimeograph the and they collate and they spindle and then they fold and then they get back to me and they say I'm sorry I'm going on vacation, which is what happened last time. Mm -hmm. This is the most recent thing with the lawyers where I not this I could bemoan how difficult my life is, but I mean it took me I would say six weeks to assemble this stack of of papers I had to give the legal department. 
to start, you know, so we could get the the, the, the live stream sort of in motion. I mean, and it was probably 200 pages worth of documents. Finally got them, you know, got them all, and then I scanned them in as a PDF and got them sent off. And, of course, that's the day I got the, I am leaving, you know, I sent them in and I get the immediate out of office. I am out of the office for the next 12 days. I am in the Bahamas. So, anyway, the point is, is that uh, beginning April 1st, uh, this program will be streamed live. Now, we've been doing this sort of delayed stream, uh, you know, we're sort of an hour behind, and we're still going to be doing the podcasting and the archiving. The actual live stream of the show begins April 1st at 970.am. The newly redesigned and beautiful 970.am. Um, however, if you are a glorious bastard, as you ought to be, you'll be able to get the stream starting one week earlier. So if you're an AM970 Glorious Bastard, you get the stream a week earlier. So you really ought to sign up for that. And it's a great chance to check out the website, which is uh, really fantastic looking. whole bunch of uh, new photos, new whatever up there. So, uh, all right, so there's that. What else? Um, it's working backward in my head. So we've got the stream. We've got, um, we all have time to talk about this today, but coming Monday, uh, this next Monday. This coming Monday isn't a vacation day or a holiday or anything, is it? We can make it one. I'm just, every time we have a I know, big there's an- so many random holidays. And I never know how to follow it. And every time there's a big announcement, it always it, it always ends up being on a Monday or something when no one's listening. Uh, this coming Monday, uh, we'll have a big announcement. Something people have been asking about. I'll just leave it at that. So this coming Monday, the 24th, uh, there's something people have been asking about, uh, chattering about a bit. So we'll, uh, we'll do that on Monday. Uh, and we have this other big thing. And it's the thing I was just telling you guys about before the show. I don't think we have time to do it now, though. Because it, it requires uh, talking to Susan Reynolds for a bit, and I think she's going to be stepping out of the office. Anyway, I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm just saying it's a busy day. Uh, busy day in a busy week. Uh, working on the following stories for your edification today, Tim Riley. Okay, ladies, try not to faint. Barack Obama is coming to Portland. Really? Yes. <gasps> oh, by the way, that reminds me. I'm sorry, I hate to interrupt, but you know what? Uh, Aaron uh, sent me a text last night. Uh... Aaron knows where the Hillary Clinton campaign quarters is going to be in Portland. Oh, he's privy to that information. Boy, that sounds. I'm sorry. So Barack Obama's coming to Portland. He is. Fantastic. A 71-year-old man is arrested following another Max shooting. A man is shot in the head by a robot, but not at Max crossing. (laughs) You have ten seconds. That's coming. It's becoming all the rage. Another man exposes himself this time at a Goodwill. Heather Mills will be a judge in the Miss USA pageant. Anderson Cooper has a growth removed. It's, uh, of course, the fifth anniversary of the Iraq War, but you get all the presents. There's a massive Republican push to keep it going with John McCain in the White House and all the polls saying he's in the lead. So somebody's behind all this. I wonder who. Uh, doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, yep. He's ahead of everyone. Everyone wants to keep the war going, and John McCain will be in the White House. I don't even know how that's possible. That's I what they're trying to tell I us. I would think that a small lump of clay could beat John McCain at this point. Well, that's what all the drudgies and all the, uh, the right-wing talkers are... Well, I... Most pundits. Mm-hmm. All right. Joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello. Are you feeling better? I am so happy to be back. All right. I hate taking days off. Can I say that you spent yesterday clutching a water bottle? Yes. Well, a hot water Where did like, you even find a hot water bottle? I found one at Fred Meyer. I, after I'd called you in the morning, I'm just like, I do not feel well. And I resent, I was so mad yesterday when I went to the bowling league and they're like, oh, we, did you party it too much? You party too hard on St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day, Day, huh? Like, that's amateur night, dude. Like, you, you can't go out that <laughs> night. But, um, yeah, I went to Fred Meyer and they had it in, like, was it the old school big red water the bottle like in the movies? Big red water bottles, yeah. It was only seven bucks, and they had uh, a couple of varieties. Of I don't even understand what the point of a water bottle is. Why not oh, have it like big, a yeah, heating pad it, or something? Yeah, like you fill it with hot water. I don't know. 
I've never really had a heating pad. I've just always, I, my parents have the same water bottle, and I've always used it whenever I have some. I don't think I've ever actually used a hot water bottle. It's one of those things you sort of know about, but I don't think I've ever used one. How about mustard plaster? No, see, that's another thing. And it's kind of frustrating because I had to get up like every hour and put in more hot water. So you water. like boil the water, you heat water, and you pour it in, and then you No, just... you can just use like like tap water. Interesting. I microwave some and, it... and to keep it a little hotter, but sometimes you can actually burn your stomach. And it's just sort of insulated a little, and you sort of, uh, you sort of clutch it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's like about this big, and you can just lay it on you, and I like held a pillow over it. All right. But I am feeling so much better, and then um, did our bowling league last night, and we made it to the final. Now, Richie said that you guys triumphed, and that there's only one more team. One more team. It's it's um, And we went from 10th place. Yeah, in your and face. And now we're in the final two. Everybody else, everybody who's not us. Uh, so this is, now, who are you facing in the final you know, it's it's not sure yet because uh, KG it was KGW and KUFO that were playing each other, so we'll be playing one of them. But it was it was too close, so nobody really knows who won that game yet. Excellent. So as soon as they figure it out, then we're gonna play them next. Wonderful. Week. All what right. What's the prize? Like golden shoes or something? Actually, I don't even know golden what the prize shoes. is. Golden shoes. <laughs> yes, it's golden shoes, Tim. You guys. Have you see, we we bitch in team shirts. Though. Stylish shirts, though. Uh, it is. It's the. Um, it's a, It's the Cobra uh, Dojo thing from Karate Kid, where it says "Strike first, strike fast, strike hard" or whatever. But it's got the Cobra whiskey thing in the middle, and then there's some broken pins. <laughs> that is pretty fantastic. Yeah, Richie and I made a promise today that we would wear our shirts again. You bonded. It was like after the concert. It was really fun. Yeah, it was definitely a bonding time. Wonderful. Squid saved us last night too. He was bowling like almost 200 every single uh, time. Squid seems like a guy who has a lot of talents you don't really know about. And Squid has a girlfriend. It's very exciting. She comes and cheers him on. It's really cute. That tone of voice is kind of interesting. Isn't it? <gasps> no, because I've never... Well, I've known him for years. I've never really known him to, you know, to, to be in a relationship. Well, he's a taciturn man. He uh, squids a man who keeps to himself sometimes. Yes. Uh, let's see. I think... It, it, all right. Uh, it is now 11.20. We have Lisa at 1140. I'm wondering if I have time to... Uh, hold on. Let me see if this will work. Let's see if Susan's still in her office. Hello. That's Susan Reynolds? Yes. Hey, it's Rick Emerson. Oh, hello, you? Rick. Hey, I'm fine. Are you heading out shortly? Uh, You know, in about ten minutes. All right. Um, so... Uh, so do you have time to discuss this uh, this little bit of business a little uh, quickly? I do. All right. So... Uh, so I don't even know how to give the, the appropriate backstory on this. I guess I could just sort of... Uh, I, I told I was talking to Tim and Sarah about this, and I say that the, the thing is the uh, I was in radio. You always have to, you have to give the don't read anything into this uh, disclaimer. Right. Um, but we've been sort of uh, looking at uh, the station, and uh, you know, we just redesigned the website, and you know we've been this kind of we've got the stream launching and the kind of all the cool stuff happening. So we've decided though to tweak or to uh, to augment sort of the name of the station a little bit, or the uh, the the positioner, as they say, where because right now the station is AM. 970 uh, solid state radio which we kind of chose that was after the uh, the Johnson 970 era <laughs> and I guess we we chose solid state radio because it kind of sounded cool and had sort of a th- and I still really do like it. it has kind of an authoritative uh, ring to it some indie band stole that name and even uses part of the logo solid state radio it, they call themselves solid state and they use the solid state the same font really? oh well I think is I smell a cease and desist seriously okay we let's get Deborah Coleman on that right now <laughs> let's get let's have something angry sent their way um <laughs> Well, it may be, it, but it may be sort of a mood point because we've been talking about uh, about tweaking the name of the station ever so slightly because we decided we wanted something with the word talk in it, uh, it because you know the folks who listen to the station uh, kind of already know what we do. But the theory was if somebody saw the logo on whatever in an ad or if they saw it on a sticker or if we you know we do our door to door thing if we were sort of handing you know handing a thing out to people 
We wanted them to look and see the name and the logo and sort of know what kind of station it, it was. Right. I mean, we. I think in these um, situations you have to be sort of obvious, and we feel this is maybe a little less than obvious that at was, this point. And that was our thing, is that we like solid state radio. It kind of has a cool ring to it, but that it just didn't, to the to the uninformed person, you know, some guy just drops here from the moon, he looks at it, he's not necessarily, he's not going to know what kind of station it is, and he might say... You know, like if you're a talk fan, uh, you want to be able to kind of look at the logo and figure out it's a talk station. Anyway, so can I say what we're can I say what we're not allowed to, to call it? Well, I guess so. I mean, there's no, there's, it's not. Yes, yes. So, what, so the idea we had come up with was calling the station. And keep in mind, I really can't be too clear about this. This is not because of the format change or the lineup change, nothing like that. It really just is tweaking the name ever so slightly to sort of you know, give it a, a more distinct ring to people, be more specific about what we do. The idea we'd come up with was to call it AM970 PDX Talk, which I sort of like because it has the X in it, and it's got the talk and the whatever. And then, as I just said with the streaming thing, we sent this big thing off to the lawyers, and they sent back a big thing telling us to get bent. Uh, because I guess somebody else already uses PDX, or it's already... The PDX part of it isn't, isn't going to fly. Right. So, anyway, so you and I had said that, as we always do, like... As we always do, we're just going to have the listeners do all our work for us. Because they've named the last ten... Uh, the last ten uh, lister parties, and I think they've done most of our artwork, and they did the spam sculpting. So there's really nothing they can't do. Well, we have a lot of faith in them, and they care, uh, maybe even more than we do. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they don't, they don't have the jaded emotional distance from the station that we have to. Well, look, we've been through this a number of times, and every time we sit down, we have a fresh sheet of paper, and we start with the brainstorming, and then it all just goes. I don't know. And then we have me saying things like Tower of Babel. Yes. Uh, uh, I have a list. I, I I brought it out even yesterday so that you and I could, and and I would read a few things off the list. And you said, did I say that? Do you do you have a do you have a second? Can you read a couple of the bad suggestions off the list? Uh, sure. Well, Tower of Babel was on there. And, of course, Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> Babylon. I like that. Yeah. Uh, there was something called um, Big Bag of Talk. <laughs> I think that's another Rick Emerson suggestion. AM 970, A Big Bag of Talk. And then there was Damn Fine Talk. I kept pushing for Damn Fine Talk, which is a holdover from the initial switch from Johnson to to Solid State Radio when I wanted to call it Damn Fine Radio. Right. And our, little our Twin Peaks reference there. Our, well, yeah, yeah, the Damn Fine uh, Coffee. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and our general manager at that time was not a fan of that idea. No. Well, don't we have a different one now? We do, but I think maybe they would be they would fall on the same I side. I think of profanity that. in the name in the name of the station probably isn't going to work. Uh, they fly. already look at us a little funny because of our glorious bastards. Yeah. So. Having to having to sit there in the initial meeting and explaining that your uh, your stations you know. The, the loyal listeners are called bastards. That's the thing that raises an eyebrow or two anyway. It did. He didn't He didn't tell us to change it, but I think if we did, he probably would be happy. But, sort of a double take there. Yeah. Uh, any other suggestions? Oh, yes. You also, uh, you also brought up talk with a fresh minty taste. I think that was late in the meeting, and all my ideas had turned stupid. (laughs) He was, and that would not fit on the logo. I mean, there'd be a lot of things that are wrong with that one. And also, it's retarded. Well, yeah. I didn't want to say, but... All right, so there's there's my ideas uh, that did not work. No, those those sort of stink. Talk with a... (laughs) (laughs) So the, the, the sort of the parameters are... For the for the name of the station, it's you know we're going to keep the AM 970. So it, it would be AM 970, and then the, the blah, 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 blah. baboon, <laughs> or that yeah. Well, uh, we we were talking about you know blah blah blah, but that you know 
things like that. We actually had at one point talked about calling it blah, blah, blah. Somebody else had, uh, what was the, before we settled on Solid State Radio, what was that other name that we had looked into? It was, it really was something like, it was like the Big Yap yes, or something. Yeah, that was it exactly. Yeah. Um, so the only. Oh, how come you didn't go with that? No, well. <laughs> I don't know. Because we knew what your reaction would be, Sarah. <laughs> the, um. The Big Yap. The, uh. Uh, we also did not go with uh, AM 970 Spike Radio, no. which somebody had suggested. Oh, yeah. See, that's but see, you know why? Because that's like Max all over that, again. Totally, that did not pass the gut cringe test. Because yeah. every time I would say Spike Radio, I kind of go. <laughs> um, so the only real parameters here is that you know we're keeping AM 970, and then it's it it cannot say PDX, but it must say talk at some point. Right, and believe me, we have searched for every uh, we've searched every thesaurus for other words for talk. Literally sitting in the office with a thesaurus, going through every synonym for talk, chatter, babble, yak, speak, yell. Something like blabby ninety-seven. Yeah, I mean, you are really. I mean, that's not too far off from Tower of Babel. And then we could have Aunt Blabby. Yeah. I still Aunt really blabby. do like Babylon. <laughs> I do like Blabby because we could have a feature called Ask Aunt Blabby. Yeah, exactly. These are all great ideas. Okay. Anyway, this is how <laughs> this is a, how pathetic uh, we are, um, and, <laughs> and we're freely admitting it. So, as we always do, we're just going to throw this out to the people and see what they come up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. We need help, and we're not afraid to ask. All right. Uh, I might track you down later in the afternoon when you uh, when you return to the building. Yes, so. and uh, and I'll be anxious to hear all the fine suggestions. Um, so if oh, Richie I... can keep track of those, write them down, whatever uh, it takes. How about Roadkill Radio? No, that's a that's a terrible name, Tim. Yeah. Never mind. I'm All right, sorry. thank you, Susan. Okay, thanks, right, guys. Susan Reynolds, At least CBS you're suggesting, Tim. I'm trying. I have I offered nothing. <laughs> oh no, I. You know, Tim, it's. I'm not even going to try anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I violated the first rule of brainstorming that there are no bad ideas. Well, you heard what I was coming up with: radio with a goddamn fresh minty taste. Jesus. Was it like two o'clock in the morning? Yes. Or something? Wait, it wasn't two o'clock in the morning, but it was late, late, late in the meeting, where you're sitting there. And 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 you're, it, here's the other thing. Uh, our general manager's really cool. I do dig him. But that's the thing. Where you know he's on one side of the desk, has the power to ruin all of us professionally. So you're, you you want to look smart. So Susan and I are sitting on the other side of the desk. Each of us at the legal pad, and you realize that to him, to our GM, both of us, and both Susan and myself, that we are presumably here, you know, like all of us, we are presumably here and paid because we're creative and funny and, you know, and, you know, we have a lot of imaginative spark. And then you're sitting there and he's going, so, uh, if we're not going to call it Solid State Radio, what should we call it? And you're kind of going, I uh... <laughs> Come up with a brilliant idea now. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you're sitting there going, God damn, he's, he's paying me money to be creative and I've got bupkis. So, anyway, we're not going to call it bupkis either, but, uh, so there you go. So that is your mission, uh, should you Let's choose to accept it. iPod fatigue. <laughs> Talk, uh, see, but when you say iPod, now see, now I want to have something that's sort of a knockoff of that. But I don't even know what it would be. So the rules are, uh, the station is, we're going to call it AM 970. Uh, we can't use the words, we can't use the phrase PDX, unfortunately. But we that's went so through. crappy. You're telling me. Yeah. Seriously, no, I saw the big thing from the, from the lawyer about it. There's always it. somebody taking all the fun of uh, Buzzkill. Uh, but it, but we want the word talk in it. So talk. So take that and work with it. Go. Hey, do, this Richie is immediately come up with I talk. Oh, I like that. That's actually not too bad. I talk. I talk exists already. Wow. I, does it? Mm -hmm. as a, but it, does it exist in broadcasting? 
No, no, it's a Mac thing. See, it's like PD. Well, but see, that's different. See, like PDX. You know, the airport is called PDX, so that's not a problem. It's that uh, there's another broadcaster using PDX that nobody knows about. Well, nobody knows. They would as soon as the cease and desist came through. I think that's the theory. I think the cease and desist would. Uh, I don't think the fact that anybody that anybody knows of them would stop them. Well, try from, googling uh, iTalk. That's like the most pointless thing ever. These are like a, bil- a billion results. Danny and I talk about what the common everyday guy likes. Oh yeah, yeah. that's like googling. Have you ever tried to Google that band, the the? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Oh, incidentally, before I forget, I don't want to pretend this is happening. Of course, you can expect demonstrations in Portland today. One has already begun at the Terry Shrunk Plaza. It'll move to the World Trade Center at Old Federal Courthouse. And there'll be another one at 4 o'clock tonight. Oh. And, of course, students from Reed and Clark, of uh, course, and Lewis and Clark, will take place. Uh, we're going to talk to Lisa Desjardins about that a little bit today. Today is the, what, fifth year anniversary of the yes, Iraq War? Which you get the present. <laughs> which we knew was a mistake all along, by the way. Mm-hmm. We are... I am. Uh, I'm happy to say that from the very beginning, we knew it was a bad idea. We know it was fake. But it, unfortunately, it doesn't uninjure people that have already been injured. No, no, it doesn't. And sadly, they didn't Who decide. We never to, talked about. They didn't decide to call us and ask our opinions uh, about it before they uh, before they went to war. So, all right. Jesus. Oh, by the way, not to be a big like like yeah, Johnny Buzzkill about the whole thing, but I did see somebody sent me the thing yesterday. Apparently, it is just just the American uh, just the American fatalities is something like forty one hundred yeah. at this point. Yeah. But the injuries, I mean, it's like tens of th- tens like, of thousands. Like, yeah, it's like forty. You never see them anywhere. No, no, it's like fifty thousand or something. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, well, let's just do a couple of these, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio. Pro- I haven't even talked about my belt. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, I must hear about. That. I got this whole okay. thing with the belt. Yeah. Okay, when I'm done, please talk about your belt. Okay, don't don't kill me for this, but uh, like a feminine hygiene spray, AM 970 talk radio that leaves you with that fresh feeling. And now with 33% more sack mouth. Too much. Too much? All That's right. not going to fit on a sticker, sir. That won't sir. fit on our signage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have to redo our business cards, too. Yeah, seriously. That's true. That's too much. It requires the backside, too. No, the reason I was calling, uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, Sarah was talking about her water bottle and uh, the potential for blisters when getting too hot. The, uh, first of all, the reason for those things, well, I suppose you can use it for just about anything, but uh, it's for uh, kind of blood flow. Uh, heat uh, increases blood flow, and you alternate with cold. But I've had uh, neck, back, shoulder problems, crap like that, and so I've, I've tried all kinds of things and have gone to my own riggings where I'll take and uh, soak a towel, put it in a uh, Ziploc bag, put it in the microwave for a couple minutes, and just get it just boiling, and then, uh, and then lay down on it. Well, uh, yeah, it started stinging, and I said, well, you <laughs> know, that's, that's, Dr. The Dean Adele show. that's just the heat doing its work. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I gave myself a fat freaking blister right up on, on my upper shoulder. So that was bitching. Good call, sir. <laughs> well, there's something much worse that I've just come across. Thank you. Well, I just, just, wanted to, just wanted to share that. So, yeah, definitely uh, more heat, uh, you know, increases, uh, I don't know what. All right. So well, you let me understand this. You're saying the hotter something is, the more likely it is that it might burn you. You know, there's definitely that strong, All strong right. potential. Thank, yeah, thank, so, uh, thank you. Try that. Bye. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Yes. Well, it could be worse, according to this headline, which should have been in our top headlines. A woman goes in for a leg operation and gets a new anus instead. <laughs> Genius. Let's take a break, shall we? Back after this, more of your calls about the station named Lisa Desjardins. Don't... Ow. That was impressive. All right, the greatest... Ow, 
I think I broke something. Richie, we're going to have to ring the bell if, you, if we need to get out. So just now I was coming back into the studio from the kitchen, and we have, you know, we have this big, big-ass heavy metal door. <laughs> oh, God. Let me back up. No. Hold on. Hold on. Let me back up so people know what we're talking about. We have this huge metal door uh, it, that seals the studio shut. So I'm walking back into the studio just now in the kitchen. The door had been, you know, propped open on that little door stoppy thing. I grab the handle, and I pull on the door handle, and it just comes off in my hand, sending me cartwheeling across the uh, the, the hallway like in, into a metal post. So I've just bruised the whole left half of my body. And so... I told Richie, I'm like, hey, you know, why don't you go let Matt know that the inner door handle just came off of our studio door. And then I and then I grabbed the side of the door and yanked it shut. Now, Richie just appeared at the window showing us that the outer door handle has come off as well. So now we are, in fact, sealed in here and can't get out. Let me That's go kind s- of freaky. Let me go see if the are you going to push it? Okay, it opens. Let's just not let it, uh, let's not let it go too far shut. All right, that's great. So the handles have completely come off the studio door. That's wonderful. All right, uh, we'll get more of your calls here in a moment about the uh, the name of the radio station and so forth. But first, ladies and gentlemen, from the hill, CNN radio correspondent extraordinaire Lisa Desjardins. Hello there, how are you today? Hey, hi guys. Uh, how are you? Good, good, I'm well. How are you? We're locked in the studio. <laughs> you come on. Uh, well, the handle. Quite, quite seriously. Oh. Both. Okay, Richie, are you? Uh, are and that's just opened. Richie's going to okay Watergate style. He's going to duct tape the door lock. <laughs> Uh, so that we uh, so that we can't get stuck. In. No, the the we and you know what it's like working in radio. It's these huge soundproof metal doors. Yes. I mean the door weighs like a thousand pounds. So as I was just coming into the studio, yeah, the door handle came off in my hand, <laughs> but I pulled it shut behind me, thinking that the outer door handle would still be there. That apparently came off in Richie's hand. So now he is <laughs> duct taping the latch, lest we be sealed in here and slowly like asphyxiate, sort of safe room style. <laughs> Jesus. What a day. To be a... able to eat very flat foods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, in any event, so there you go. So that's how that's how we're doing today. Um, uh, well, I don't, as I said earlier, I don't want to be like a, just a giant killjoy about everything. But so he, it, it, is, it seems both forever ago and just the other day that we started this hideous debacle uh, known as the Iraq War. So it's five years, which doesn't even seem possible. Um, Five years later tonight. That's right. It was that overnight invasion, but it was on on this date in America. It was the twentieth in Iraq. Now is that when we started? Is it five years ago that we started the uh, the so called shock and awe? Yeah, well, I, that was part of it exactly. But I, I think they started with when the troops actually crossed the border into Iraq, and then the shock and awe followed uh, that uh, very closely. And so I, I know that. I don't know. It's, I, part of me doesn't even want to talk about this, A, because it's just, you know, it's just it's, it's difficult to discuss it without just putting yourself into some big gloom tunnel, regardless of what <laughs> side of the equation you are on. But I mean, and, and also because it is difficult to talk about the Iraq war without sounding just unbelievably, hopelessly partisan, which I, I, I really am, am not, except that I think a lot of people have, uh, how do we put this, how can I put this in the most objective way possible? I think many, if not most Americans, have either revised or become uh, sort of more solidified in their stance that maybe things were done poorly. But I saw the administration came out today, and I, the W actually had the stones to come out today and say that it was that it was worth it. That was his phrase. That it was worth it. That it was worth it exactly. And in fact, I can uh, let me see if I can pull up that cut really quick. Of here's what the president said. Removing Saddam Hussein from power was the right decision, and this is a fight America can and must win. 
So he has said again and again, of course, we have to win. We can't give up all of that. But it has been more than a year that I remember him saying removing Saddam Hussein from power was the right decision. He said that a lot the first couple of years. So, But I think as things got bad, he sort of backed out and said, listen, whatever you think of how it started, we got to finish it. Now he's saying the start was also good. So he, he's feeling very good about where things are, clearly. Well, look, Not uh, everybody else is, but he, but he is. All right. I'm, I'm, I am really – I am – I am doing my best to not put you in an awkward position by oh, running no. running my mouth. All right. I, no, I just uh, uh, just, <laughs> just man, uh, I was I was about to say, of course he's feeling good about it. He's not going to Iraq, so you know he's not uh, he's not stuck in Iraq for an indeterminate period of time. Of course he feels great about it for the same reason Toby Keith does, as Sarah once said. Toby Keith loves the war. Why he doesn't have to go? Um, he didn't talk about his comments last week about Afghanistan. When he was saying he was in a, in a private meeting, but the the comments were on the record, uh, it wasn't recorded. Uh, when he was talking to other sort of military officers and then saying, you know, there there must be something uh, sort of attractive about being in Afghanistan right now. Essentially, sort of this idea of the good versus evil. You're you're making a country better. These kinds of things. And he said it sort of has a romantic quality to it. So what President Bush said, you know, some members of the military weren't so happy to hear that and. Very quickly, the White House had to come out with another statement from his press secretary saying uh, the, the president in no way meant to say that he wants to romanticize the war. Yeah, well, what he meant, you know, it's sort of, you know, you can, I guess, call the sun green if, if you want. But it, 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 that's kind of where his, his remarks were going. So he obviously he's got his cowboy boots on right now. He, it's true that casualty numbers have gone down in Iraq and there are some real signs of promise. There, there truly are. There are even some progress politically. But the fact is that this is all compared to uh, the horror of where we were a, a year ago, where Iraq was a year ago, and the country still does have a very long way to go. And, and to be fair, I should say that you know I think the military gets a bad rap sometimes for being uh, to be for being war hungry, for always clamoring to go in and have some sort of conflict. And I don't presume to be some expert in the military or to speak for them, but I, I do from everything I've sort of heard and read, and it, it, you know, it sort of my perception over the years has been that. In many ways, there's nobody who wants war less uh, than a guy who has spent a lot of time in the military, somebody, somebody who's been in a war. That's right. Um, you see, the longer the person's been in the military, the less the, that they want to go to war. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, of course, but I think that's the case. That, you know, the other thing I can ta talk about, uh, something new, the debate, we do have protesters here in Washington. I don't know if you've got protesters there in Portland. Oh, we have protesters every day for something or other. I feeling that you did. <laughs> exactly. But... The, and we're getting actually emails minute to minute from our CNN crews that are following these protesters. Uh, they've been to the White House and they've also been stopping at, they've been essentially walking down K Street, as HBO fans will know, is kind of the name given to where all the lobbyists right. it is. It is actually a street where many lobbyists have their buildings. And uh, the protesters have kind of stopped and tried to take over lobbies where uh, defense lobbyists particularly work and they haven't been able to do that for very long they didn't plan to be there very long but they you know thrown red paint at the windows those kinds of things but the most interesting uh i think turn of events has happened in the last 20 minutes or so uh where we got this note from about one of the main intersections in washington uh this is connecticut and 17th street uh really a main quarter they're right on k street and where these three streets cross and it says about 20 protesters have chained their hands inside school desks and are surrounded by a ring of about 50 other protesters arm in arm. They're saying they want money spent on education, not war. 
And, you know, apparently they've still, that intersection is still shut down. Now, I don't quite understand, I'm waiting for the video, what this means to have their, how, how exactly their arms are chained inside the school desks. I can sort of guess, but I'm, I'm still not sure. Anyway, I like the, the idea of this intersection with 20 people with school desks. That's pretty great, especially because it begs the question of, like, how are they going to get them out of there? That's pretty right. great. Right. I was actually just about to criticize the protesters by saying that they really don't do it the way they did it back in 68, which is the, kind of the gold standard. The the days of Abby Hoffman and his friends gathering around the Pentagon claiming that they were going to levitate it 50 feet in the air <laughs> and then being arrested and charged with, quote, a plan to levitate the Pentagon, which apparently is illegal. So, uh, well, that's cool. Good for them. Uh, it, so the actual levitation could be legal? Is that possible? Uh, it, it, all I remember is uh, there's... illegal. This is a thing that I have to be very careful on because I will just uh, I will just hyper myself into a frenzy about this. But I, I'm a huge fan of Abby Hoffman, and I, I grew up really, really idolizing that guy uh, in some ways. And there is actually uh, in pre-production now <clears throat> there is going to be, pardon me, a movie about the trial of the Chicago Seven, uh, and it is like the best thing I've ever heard already. It's directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Aaron Sorkin, and then starring Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman. And that is actually so great that it may, in fact, bring about the end of the world. I mean, that that is actually so fantastic of a project that it may just collapse the entire universe into a singularity. Uh, anyway, but Abby Hoffman was, I remember he was, he was you can read the transcript, he's on trial. Uh, in, in Whenever the trial happened, the trial was, I think, in, in uh, maybe 70. And... Um, and saying that he he did not realize until that moment that it was in fact illegal to levitate the Pentagon. So apparently there are laws governing such things. Um, real, I know it's a busy day for you, but real quickly, a um, did you did you see this uh, Reuters Zogby poll saying that now uh, Obama's lead is has shrunk substantially? They they claim evaporated, and that McCain leads them both. Right. We touched on that the other day with McCain starting to pull out ahead of both of them as people, I think, just get tired of the Clinton-Obama back and forth. And I think that clearly sort of this Clinton plan of keep pounding is uh, is doing something. It's, hel it's helping her. Uh, all right. Um... But, you know, but here here's the thing. Here's what's to keep in mind about this election. This race is, is no longer, or at least at this moment, it can change any time because of Michigan and Florida, uh, which are now in even more limbo. Michigan's now, it, it's not clear what's going to happen there at all. But the, the deal right now, without Michigan and Florida in play, <clears throat> it's not a race for those pledge delegates, for those state delegates. I'm sorry to tell you guys, because your primary still will get a lot of attention in Oregon, I think. Yeah, yeah. But it's a race <laughs> potential. This is how the Clinton people want to, it's going to be a race about rhetoric. The Clinton people are going to try to win the popular vote, and they're going to try and argue that that is what should give her the nomination, and they're going to make that argument to those super delegates. And the fact that she was winning the big states. That, it, that, that she's winning the big states. So right now, Barack Obama has won. He is ahead in the popular vote and in delegates. But if you look at the states ahead, he's doing better in those smaller states, as we've seen before. And, and still, they're still proportional. Smaller states get fewer delegates, but you know, not as many fewer necessarily as the overall uh, number of voters who turn out. And so the Clinton campaign thinks they may be able to pull ahead in the popular vote and then somehow convince superdelegates to go her way. Uh, that's not at all clear that that will happen, but that's, that's what they want to do. Barack Obama wants to have a, a large enough lead in those pledged delegates uh, to, to not make that an issue. But he, he really is backing off of Pennsylvania. He's, he's right now letting Hillary Clinton campaign her heart out there while he goes to the state's 
that are after that, Indiana and North Carolina. Well, you know, in Oregon, we are used to be shunted, used to being shunted to the side, so it's okay. I, I'm telling you, I think people, I think Oregon could still matter. I hope so. I think, you know, just be one more in dignity. That's okay. Um, Isn't it nice, though, that, you know, Florida is just baffled at your incredible <laughs> super technology of having mail-in vote? Like, Florida is just uh, uh, perplexed. Well, really, let's be honest. <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of people in Florida haven't even figured out how to use chairs, so, <laughs> I mean... All right, uh, I know you got to go. We will uh, talk to you at some point in the immediate future. Great. Lisa Desjardins, thank you. There you go, Lisa Desjardins. Fantastic, wonderful. All right. Uh, let's do these calls, then we'll break. We'll come back with Tim Riley. These are either about the station name or water bottles, probably. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, Sarah, Tim. It's Mailman Brian. Hello, what's Hello. up? Hello. Hey, the, welcome back, Sarah. Glad you're feeling better. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I have three different ones. One of them's kind of a thriller. One of them's kind of stupid. And one of them's kind of cool. By the way, uh, speaking of speaking of uh, whatever, uh, so Bridget from upstairs, our webmistress, actually sent me. I didn't know she'd done this. Really went. I, apparently, she had actually uh, at one point done spec artwork for AM970, the Big Yap. I'm looking at it. Looking at it right now, it's just as cool as you'd think it would be. I thought it was yak, as in Y A K. Well, that was also that was also suggested, by the way. <laughs> Pardon me, yak with a K was also suggested. Okay, well, the first one I have is Talk Radio AM 970. Isn't that right, Donkey? Uh huh. Uh huh. I'm really I, glad I floated this whole thing. Yes. Well, no, the, the last one you'll like, though. The second one is uh, AM 970 Lars Free. Hey, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> or Lars, Lars Free Radio, something like that. The anti-Lars. There you go. But the, but the one I thought that was kind of coolest was, and most alliterative, was AM 970 Stumptown Talk. All right. Stumptown Talk. I'm going to write that one down. Lars Free is kind of funny. I might be tempted to do that for a month or so just to irritate him. Uh, please do. All Thank right. you very much. Thank you. Sure. Lars Free Radio and Stumptown Talk. All right. Yeah, the uh, we would like for it to have the word talk, and it can't say PDX. Other than that, it doesn't matter. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hello. Hi. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, real simple, AM 970, the talk of Portland. The talk of Portland. The talk of Portland's not bad. Kind of simple, but, you know. What say ye about the talk of Portland? It's okay. I kind of yeah, like that. Not bad. Yeah. Sort of, you know, it sounds classy. Perfectly acceptable. The talk uh, but we're not very classy. Well, you know, of course, with, except for Tim Riley. The, well, you know. He's not all the time. He's though. the repository of all the class we have. All right. Excellent. Thank you. What was your name, sir? Don. Don. All right. Thank Best you. Show ever. Thank you. Okay. Um, a listener, Mark Henty, wrote in, and he suggested, talk this way. Talk this way. That's not bad. Talk this way. The talk shop. See, this... Uh, this is the why, talk block. This is why we always end up letting the listeners do everything, because they're always much funnier and smarter than we are about these things. All right, those are all good. Excellent. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi, it's you. I, I know you're that you just said something. Hello? Hi, yes, hello. Okay, I didn't know I was on. Sorry. Hello, hi, who is this? Uh, Sean. Hi, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. I thought maybe uh, Squawk Radio. Squawk. <laughs> S How do you spell Is that S-Q... S-Q-U-A-W-K, I think? S-Q-U-A-W-K. Squawk Radio. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that a... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Squaw. All right. No, no, no. Squaw. Squawk. Let's All not right. get another Squaw conversation. No, I just for a minute, though, I was looking at the page, and I couldn't figure out. I was conflating the two words. And what was your name? Sean. All right, Sean, I've made a note of it. Squawk Radio, excellent. Thank you so much. <laughs> she seems so disinterested in the whole thing. I don't think she's ever used a phone. 
Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. It's Jerry. Hi. Uh, Talk Mania. Talk Mania. You know what Jerry just sounded like? Jerry, you just sounded like the guy in singles. I am very, very, very lonely. <laughs> talk, talk Mania? Talk Mania. All right. Somebody else has suggested Talk a Palooza, perhaps inevitably. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right. You, you nailed that, Rick. What? That's exactly That's what I That's totally thinking. what it sounded like. <laughs> big, Jerry. Big, bulgy, glazy eyes. <laughs> All right. Uh, we should take a break. We come back. Tim Riley has, um, what did the woman want done? And what did she get, Tim? Oh. A woman goes for a leg operation and gets a new anus instead. There you go. That's the whole station in a nutshell right there. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay there. Understand about me things you shouldn't understand. <laughs> things you, I'm mangling that, whatever that scene is. No, 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 that's not the phrase I use. There's a few things that I'm tired of. Here's a few things that I never was, don't want to be marketed as, and will not pretend to be. Uh, C, uh, A, a rebel, B, edgy, uh, C, well, maybe it's just those two. Yeah, I think we're done. All right. Uh, it's 503 7332. 970. Okay, so I was just mentioning this during the break, but a guy sent me the best one. It's He says, here are three slogans for your future, and then they're all in Spanish, which is really fantastic. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get more of your phone calls here uh, in just a short while. This, however, is your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. <laughs> I'm sorry, what, what was that called? This Mark guy is on a roll. He keeps sending like hundreds of them. He sent everybody blurts. That's pretty good. He's the game, same guy that sent me the, a big kick in the chat. <laughs> He's British, isn't he? I think so. All right, well, you know how they are. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the misguided youths of Reed and Lewis and Clark College foolishly think they can change the world, and they're uh, having a war protest. It's uh, going on at Terry Shrink Park right now. Why don't you go down and check it out? It's supposed to move on to the World Trade Center and the old federal courthouse. They'll accomplish nothing. Uh, then they'll get together and uh, drink coffee and uh, form again from 4 to 6, and they're going to be at Terry Shrink Park. Okay. Everybody stop on by, won't you, and laugh at their futility. So it's uh, it's kind of silly, but it's, it's something for people to do, I guess. And the parents pay all the bills, so what do they have to worry uh, about? It going to class, I suppose, it or does, getting yes. a job. Uh, let's see, this says, Rick, too bad we aren't in Detroit. You could be Detroit Talk City. Mm. Mm. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Now senior citizens are killing people on the max. A 71-year-old man has been arrested after a shooting at a max uh, light rail platform. Uh, the cops say John Hutchins of Fairview is uh, being booked on an assault charge. TriMet workers noticed the victim sitting with another man before the shooting. They later saw the second man leave on an eastbound train and found the victim with a bloody finger. The victim remains hospitalized. His name is not yet released. So maybe he's only shot in the finger, but that's bad enough. Oh, waiting for the max. Okay, here comes the greatest excitement of all. <laughs> all right. The Messiah is coming. 
Presidential candidate Barack Obama will campaign in Oregon this Friday. Oh, I thought this was going to be the anus story. <laughs> no, the anus. Well, I'm sure Barack Obama. Well, I, I was waiting for the anus. Some people may call Barack Obama an anus, <laughs> including those in the Clinton camp. But it'll appear at the rallies in Portland and Eugene. The Doors at Memorial Coliseum, the smelly one. Let Nobody it be known that we did not call Barack Obama an anus. No, we did not. <laughs> what is, is waiting for the anus like waiting for Godot, but lower? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to be done with it. I'm sorry, Tim, go ahead. I'm not giving Barack Obama the proper respect. You're right. Well, you can say you meant something else. Like, <laughs> AM 970, the anus. The anus of talk. I think we're done. <laughs> we were talking about Barack Obama, weren't we? <laughs> Who is not a anus? <laughs> By any stretch of the imagination. The doors at the Memorial Coliseum opened at 7.30 a.m. Friday for the event entitled Stand for Change. Wow, that's great. Stand for Change. It begins at 9.30. For security reasons, no bags are allowed. The campaign staffers say also no signs or banners are permitted. Stand for Change doesn't even mean anything. That's no, like doesn't. Stand for Change is like... You know what they? You know how they got that? They got that by doing the political equivalent of this. They just had a bunch of people sit in a room and throw out stupid phrases, and that's the best they could come up with. Stand for change. What does that mean? Is that is it, I won't stand for this change? No, no, no. You have to. Mm-hmm. Or the? Are you? Or is it like a like a play on words? Like are they asking people to come and stand somewhere? I don't know. I'm not trying to be daft. I really don't understand what stand for change means. Well, apparently this event is free to the public. Tickets are required, though. Uh, Portland organizers have set up uh, ticket email requests. All right. The second rally is Friday at the University of Oregon. He'll appear in the MacArthur Court in Eugene. Doors for that open at 7 p.m. and the program begins at 9. Tickets are not required, but you have to RSVP. Somebody is a goof, uh, like some sort of uh, wacky like performance, like some theater art group. Mm-hmm. They ought to go as lepers and ask Barack to heal them. I'm telling you right now, that would be funny. Or walk on water. Yes. This, somebody, should go and dem- somebody should go and demand that he turn water to wine in their presence. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, well, we undoubtedly have people that will go. So uh, we'll hear about yes. that. Uh, so let's uh, listen to the man speak. He said the current strategy in Iraq is not working. Oh, my pot's not up. The current strategy in Iraq is not working. Fighting a war without end will not force the Iraqis to take responsibility for their own future. And fighting in a war without end will not make the American people safe. Uh, you know, I was going to ask Lisa this, and then I just didn't, because the same reason I didn't ask her what the specific number of fatalities was, because it's just depressing. And the, it's, it's over 4,000. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, they, you know, too much. Um, the, uh, but, my, when, uh, but when Bush was saying, no, 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 this is a war, we, this is a fight we can win and must win, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound daffy about the whole thing, but really, why? Why must we win? I why mean, must we win? I really don't know the answer to that, and I'm not trying to be deliberately obtuse. I just... Uh, when Bush says, no, 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 we have to win this war in Iraq. Well, why? Well, because people love us even more. <laughs> we'll get even more flowers thrown at us. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Obama says it's time for the troops to leave Iraq. In order to end this war responsibly, I will immediately begin to remove our troops from Iraq. We can responsibly remove uh, combat brigades each month. You think they could come up with better audio? Uh, he says people have only seen one side of his war of pastor, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright. As imperfect as he may be, he has been like family to me. He strengthens my faith, officiated my wedding, and baptized my children. 
Uh, New Yorkers are letting their feelings known about the war. It's upsetting that it's gone this long. We should get out of there as soon as possible. We, we've done what we can, and that's it. Concentrate on Afghanistan and go after Osama bin Laden and try to hunt them down and bring them to justice. No one's going I think after it's Osama going bin Laden. As well as it can be expected. I was for the war. I still am. Who doesn't who like was, war? Who was that? Was that the one guy? That's the one guy. Yeah. That's, that's like an albino alligator. They have the one guy who's, who was in favor and is still in favor. All right. Did you see that Morgan Spurlock thing, that new uh, film that Morgan Spurlock's putting out where he goes to try to find Osama bin Laden? No. Uh, and uh, I guess I guess he doesn't. Uh, oh, he doesn't? No, I, mean, I, I thought mean, that maybe he did. I don't think so. Oh, I mean, unless did. they're doing some deliberate misinformation campaign. Uh, I don't think it's a spoiler because all the interviews I've said, all the stories I've read about that movie say that he doesn't eventually uh, find him or whatever. But That's I, a shame. We've all just sort of, I think we've all moved on. I think Osama bin Laden is very 2002. He is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hillary speaks about empowering voters. I'm urging him to match those words with action. Talking about a To make sure the people of Michigan and Florida have a voice and a vote in this election. Uh, all right. Uh, John McCain briefly uh, stumbled yesterday on which Atlantic extremist group Iran is accused of supporting. During a news conference in Amman, Jordan, he accused Iran of supporting the Sunni extremist group of Al-Qaeda in Iraq. Well, it's common knowledge and has been reported in the media that uh, that al-Qaeda is going back into Iran and receiving training and are coming back into Iraq from Iran. That's that's well known, uh, and it's unfortunate. Because we're doing so well there. Yeah, all right. All right. Nobody cares about this. No, <laughs> I'm just, while you were playing this thing from McCain, I was busy looking doing at this. Doing crossword puzzles. And <laughs> I'm doing Sudoku. The dots. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim, I was doing today's jumble. Uh, the, <laughs> no, I, I can't blame you, really. <laughs> well, as you were talking about McCain, I was trying to get the story where, um, where it says uh, the Democrat Barack Obama's big national lead over Hillary Clinton has all but evaporated yeah. in the U.S. presidential race, uh, and both Democrats trail Republican John McCain. I mean, on the one hand, it's like you sort of want to believe it because you want to believe that the Obama-Hillary thing is really close, uh, just because it makes it more exciting and gripping. But on the other hand, you can't possibly believe it. But there's no conceivable because there's no conceivable world in which I can imagine where to go. John McCain, that's a fine, that's a fine choice for president. He's mm -hmm. he he fills me with passion. I can't. John McCain just seems so much like this year's John Kerry, just a guy that somehow. Lucked in, you know what it is? Here's my thing with John McCain. He's John Kerry for Republicans. He is, uh, and the, aren't the two of them really close? Well, they, wasn't there some talk about them doing a split ticket at one point? Yes. Um, for Night Court aficionados, uh, the uh, 1980 sitcom starring Harry Anderson. If you remember Night Court, th there was one episode because uh, the thing is Harry was a very young judge. He was, in fact, the youngest judge in the history of New York on that show. And there was this episode where they described how Harry got the job of being judge. And it was like they had a vacancy to fill, and as they described it in the show, they called everybody else on the phone list, and no one was home. And so he was he was like the only guy that answered the phone that day, which is how he got the gig of being the, the, the judge. That's kind of the thing with John McCain, where they was just that everybody else would like have somewhere else to be, or ran out of money, or they're crazy, or... Uh, and so it, or they cooked squirrels inside popcorn poppers, and so it just ended up being John McCain sort of by default. There's really nobody exciting, uh, nobody, nothing exciting about him. He's just sort of the last man standing. So, anyway. All right. Uh, happy uh, show business anniversary to Charlie Daniels. He's been at it now for 50 years. I've had a ball the whole time. I don't mean it's been totally, completely trouble-free by any means. There's been that, but that's part of life. 
and you know you take it and you pick it up and you go with it and uh it's been a wonderful way to spend my life i thoroughly enjoyed it still enjoying it still making music still playing over 100 dates a year still cutting records uh probably the best band i've ever had and i just love getting on stage with them. coming soon to a grain festival near you mm-hmm. the whitest man in the world he really is he's white except for uh except for uh his uh, face which is white covered with really odd splotchy uh pink yeah. also since we were talking about peter frampton the other day uh, guy sent me a link that Peter Frampton is coming to that hot July nights thing that they do in downtown Vancouver. Oh. It is Peter Frampton and, of course, let me here's a, here's a little quiz. What other washed up rock act will tour every summer until the end of literally until their bones are in boxes? Hmm. Think summertime. The Beach Boys. Yes, exactly. <gasps> wow. So Peter Frampton and the Beach Boys and, and the Beach Boys. And, well, I don't I don't know I don't think it's one show. I think it might be two different shows. Maybe a Beach Boy. Tried it well. It's funny you should say that because I'm looking at the photograph and it was like, it, literally, it's like 12 different people. And I'm trying to figure out who they all are. And the only one I recognize is, I really don't even care. I can't believe I'm spending this time even talking about it. But I, I want to hear about it. Uh, Peter Carlin might know, but it's Mike Love and then a whole bunch of guys who are all about 25 years old, none of whom I recognize. So it's almost tempting in a horrible way in a Norbit kind of way, for me to go see the Beach Boys, the alleged Beach Boys, uh, because I've never, I've never seen them. And the thing is, I know it's bad and terrible and awful and just kicking the corpse of a once great band. Uh, and I've seen Brian Wilson a few times, which is like, you know, I mean, seeing Brian Wilson with that band that he's got the Wonderments uh, are just, uh, so, I mean, it's such an unbelievable show. And the Beach Boys are undoubtedly just, it, it, it's got to be, by all accounts, it's just the worst thing ever. So it almost is it's tempting to go see it just so I can kind of appreciate firsthand the badness of it. But uh, I don't know. Sure, well, I've I'll seen them once before. Really? When? How old? Oh, jeez. They were they were playing with Chicago. So what year would this have been? It was in the 70s. So they were probably... But they, it I mean, was in New England. They must have been... Was, there, was Brian there? No. So they were probably washed up even then. Their, their biggest hit... Not too long before that was Ceylon Sailor. Ceylon Sailor's not a bad song. It's creepy. Ceylon Sailor's not a. It's not a terrible. I have a great version of Ceylon Sailor with with Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish singing it. Actually, not too bad. Uh, uh, now, now I'm gonna have that song stuck in my head. Um, it's but creepy. It is, but that was uh, not. Fix inside your head, and you 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 try to shake it out, and it just stays there like dandruff. You were method acting just now. You actually just did shake your head vigorously from side to side as though that would actually cause the auditory sensations to leave your brain. It won't. Uh, anyway. Well, it's like seeing someone naked that you really don't want to see. It's like, God, <laughs> God, please take this out of my head. And he won't. You're hitting your head against some sort of a post desperately. Can't get rid of the nude B. Arthur! Oh, this is an awkward segue. Apparently, Lisa Desjardins is back on the phone with some sort of an update for us. Okay. Uh, shall we once again welcome to yeah. the Rick Emerson Show from someplace else, I think, on the hill. CNN Radio Court. I'm sorry you had to hear that reference to B. Arthur. Uh, Lisa Desjardins, hello there. It could have been Madeline Albright, so I'm okay. <laughs> there's always there's always a, a glass half empty somewhere, yes. Exactly. Just real quick, uh, in a situation that almost paralleled yours, or, or perhaps still does, uh, those protesters who had chained themselves to the desk and were blocking this big intersection, the police actually never did anything, and the protesters sort of stared at them and said, are you going to arrest us? They waited, they waited. Police said, no, we're not going to do anything. So the protesters have now decided they want to move on, but they can't find the keys. <laughs> They're handcuffed. Uh, uh, that is the best thing I've heard all week. So I thought... 
You would enjoy that. Don't know how long the Keeslers will go on. <laughs> especially, what's especially funny about that is if they have handcuffed themselves. Is it handcuffs? Uh, they have locked. Let me read this exactly. Uh, somebody, they've chained their hands together, so it must not be handcuffs. They chain their hands together. It's some sort of chain and lock situation, and they can't find. And they can't the find the key. Lock. Oh, and I bet the police are really going out of the way to help them too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Please tell me that the CNN is getting photographs of this. The, yes. Yes. That is gold. I don't know when the video will be coming out or how we'll be handling it, but I know we have people on the scene with cameras. Can I just tell you this? No matter what happens to me the rest of the day, if, if I'm diagnosed with something malignant later on in the afternoon, I'm going to think back on this call and it's going to put a smile on my face. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. Got it. That's wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Okay. We're going to move. Where's the key? Oh, no, you had it. Oh, that's wonderful. It makes you feel good, doesn't it? Does. It does. It makes you wonder if something like that may be going on here that we don't know about. Uh, oh, man. It, it really, because here's the thing. Uh, this this really is, going back to the name of the station thing, this is why it's sort of difficult to come up with a name for the radio station. We've been talking about replacing solid state radio with, with something more specific that is about talk. Because... People say, well, did you ever do this when you meet people? And we've talked about this before, about the, 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 meet people and trying to describe the station to them. But when someone asks specifically, like, well, you guys like, uh, like Terry and I get this when we got on Wednesdays to do our door-to-door -door thing. Because the deal is we go to listeners' house, we go to the Glorious Bastards, but then we will usually visit their neighbors on either side who may or may not be listeners just to sort of say, like, hey, you ought to You've listen. got balls of steel. Well, I you do. Well, all they can do is all they can do is threaten to shoot me, which happened once. Um, <laughs> and you're not even giving away fuller brushes or anything. No, although we had some Larry the Cable Guy things to give away, but I think those have gone. And that the Dan in real life, where you giving those away? Yeah, too? I hear that's a fine film. Oh. Uh, but yeah. so we'll go to visit Glorious Bastards, and then we'll visit their neighbors too, and we sort of you know cold calling and being like, hey, my name's Rick Emerson. You know, I please pay attention to me, uh, and you know, trying to get them to listen. But we'll get the where people will say so. uh... So are you guys a uh, liberal station or conservative? And I never know how to answer that because I have – you can't – I mean, you can't just go, well, we're neither, I'm, even though I guess that's true, sort of. Right. But I, I never know how to answer the question of whether we're a liberal station or a conservative station. But it really is it, – it, it is all summed up by that last phone call, which is where it is simultaneously possible to be wholly against the Iraq war and yet also to laugh uh, heartily at the failures of the protesters who have accidentally locked themselves together. I mean, that's a that's an equation that one can be on both sides of. Here's Tim Riley. A worker at a Whitman, Massachusetts ice cream plant is facing prison time for sticking razor blades into a tub of ice cream. Uh, Stephen O'Brien worked at Dairy Farms and reportedly admitted to stabbing ice cream tubs with a razor blade knife. The blade of his razor knife broke and stuck inside one tub of ice cream. One consumer is worried about what might happen. Someone could swallow that like a little kid and, like, cut themselves all throughout the esophagus. Well, that sounds fun. Uh, British Prime Minister Gordon Brown is to meet with the Dalai Lama in London to discuss the crisis in Tibet. He is urging China to stop using force against the Tibetans. But the most important thing at the moment is to bring about an end to the violence, reconciliation, and to see legitimate talks taking place. Wait, who is that? Gordon Brown. He's talking about what? Uh, Tibet. Okay. Uh, he also said uh, climate changes and extreme weather pose a big threat, more so than terrorism. The hard power of our military, police, security, and intelligence services, the persuasive force and reach of diplomacy and cultural connections, the authority of strengthened global institutions, which can deploy both, deploy both hard and soft power. 
Meanwhile, a woman goes into the hospital for a leg operation and gets a new anus instead. <laughs> a German retiree is taken to hospital court after she went in for a leg operation and walked out with a new anus. Well, she probably didn't walk. Uh, the woman uh, woke up to find that she had been mixed up with another patient suffering from uh, bad anus who had to have surgery on her sphincter. The clinic in Bavaria has been suspending its surgical team. Sphincter. Now the woman is planning on suing. She still needs a leg operation after all. But the new anus? Well, it's too soon to tell. Wait, wait. So, we can't just read that and move on. We have to dwell. So this is the only thing you're interested in. <laughs> For the next three hours. Rick is latching on to that. I've been doing. I, I can't I, interest him in anything today. <laughs> you, I'll throw it all the way. Talk about the anus. <laughs> So not only AM nine seventy. Talk about the anus. So she got a new anus and her foot is still that's her leg is still messed up. That's correct. Up. Yes. So can you just do me a favor? Can you just read the whole story one more time? The anus. Can you read the whole story one more time and then I'll be done with it for now? All right, I'll read it slowly All so right. you can savor every word and so I can make the barely newer joke again. A German retiree is taking a hospital to court after she went in for a leg operation. And got out with a new anus instead. <laughs> the woman woke up to find she'd been mixed up with another patient uh, suffering with a bad anus. And uh, who was to have surgery on her sphincter. Sphincter. I barely knew her. The clinic in Bavaria has since suspended their surgical team. Now the woman is planning to sue the hospital. She still needs a new leg operation, but that anus is as good as new. Okay. How would you realize that you have a new anus? I mean, that's my thing. Maybe they showed her in the mirror at the conclusion <laughs> of the operation. Take a look at this. <laughs> Some sort of a weird angled reflecting service, yes. like one of those, uh, like one of those weird dental mirrors that you use to see the back of your molars, mm -hmm. but longer. Um, and so, I mean, so it wasn't like they gave her a second anus. It was just that they was it like a remodel of the one she already had. Yes. Okay. And so the best I haven't seen it myself. <laughs> So I cannot attest. Did you see an artist's rendering I of the anus? Not, no. Like one of like a courtroom sketch, but of an anus. Uh, this is a, by the way, this is a medical story, yes. a news story uh, that we are reading here. It in is this. a procedure that anyone can undergo, uh, uh, even if you don't intend to. <laughs> even if it's, even if you go in to have like you know a rhinoplasty. Mm -hmm. uh, there may be somebody on the way to get one right now. For so, all we know. so the 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 best part is that a. She has a brand spanking new anus. Uh, that B, she still has to go and get like her actual surgery done. And wouldn't how? Let me ask you this: If you went into the hospital to get like your foot operated on, and instead they operated on your nether regions by mistake, wouldn't you just live with live with that foot pain for the rest of your life as opposed to going back in a second time? God only knows what they do the next time. I mean, really, if the hospital's that badly run. And they always tell you, like, if you're going to get something amputated, and it sounds like a joke, but if you're going to get something amputated, they will tell you. Like, you yourself, the patient, with a magic marker. Like, if you're going to get your left arm amputated, they will tell you to write on your other arm, like, do not amputate. Like, they're, like, better to look stupid than to have some sort of horrible mix-up where they take <laughs> off the wrong arm. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, you'll feel dumb, it'll seem silly, but if you're supposed to get, like, your right leg taken off, right, you know, do not amputate on your left leg. But there's really no way to... Well, yes, you can put a big red X across somebody's posterior yeah, before they go into the operating yeah, there's really... You really would have to... So rather, so I think you want to do it the opposite way. Just label the thing that is supposed to come off and then tell the doctor, if it doesn't say remove, don't remove it. Don't tape it shut. Bleep that. I'm going to bleep that. Who said something wrong? Me or me. you? That's me. Because Tim wasn't bad. Yours, yours was fine. Mine was... Well, we, we've, got, we've gotten to the point. Mine was, I don't know how, how much lower I'm going to lower this my, bar. My, <laughs> really, how much work can we do with this story? My, I can read it again. My, it's only like three lines. My, but that's the biggest thing of the my, day. My statement just now that I believe was one brush stroke too many. All right. Um,
Anywho, so uh, there you go. And of course, and then the well, other no thing is, they don't like your choices of slogans. <laughs> <laughs> There's, you can just see the GM in the office going, "This is what we pay them for." Uh, so this, and the, and the other thing is, somewhere in that hospital is a woman who was supposed to have an operation on her on her sphincter, and what did they do to her? Like, is it sort it of like say. a like a musical chairs thing where she got the kidney operation, the kidney person got a rhinoplasty, rhinoplasty got a brain taken out. I mean, just or is it just a straight, a straight well, one on one? I, I mean, at this point, she she probably woke up. My anus doesn't feel any better. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. We all know this is wrong. <laughs> Would you like me to read it again? No. no. Did you get all the finer points? <laughs> Well, we got two and a half hours. We'll fit it in again, I'm sure, at some point. I'll read it once every hour. (laughs) Repeating today's top story. Uh, (laughs) Repeating today's top story. A woman goes for a leg operation and gets a new anus instead. Fantastic. This is CBS. This is CBS. I was actually just... I was just reaching for that, actually. Uh, Either that or the... uh... CBS presents this program in color. All right, uh, we should take a break here. It's 503-733-2970. That's a news story here in the news hour of the Rick Emerson program, which airs right here on KCMD Portland, a news talk radio station. Back after this with your phone calls. Uh, later on, Jim Roop, top five. More from Tim Riley. Stay that's the Rick Emerson radio show. It's all right. It's okay. You Grab it. You know, I had this like lean cuisine sandwich thing today that was wholly unsatisfying. But yesterday, I had like a uh, like a uh, like a, a cheddar steak thing from Lean Cuisine. Not bad at all. Three hundred forty calories. Did you get the panini thing? Yeah, I don't really care for that. Uh, one of them was good. I can't remember. One flavor's good. One of them isn't. Did you? Well, this isn't the panini. The panini was really good. What I had today was a flatbread that you cook. It looks like a pizza, then you fold it over. Not very good. Kind of kind of doughy. Yeah. Little spongy tape. I found that as well. I was really excited too when they came out with them. Uh, AM97. Okay, I, I posted yeah. that story on my website so you can read it anytime you want now. At RileyLive.com. Is that directed at me? Yes, it is. <laughs> is that like when? Uh, is that like when you? Yeah, now we're gonna stop talking. You glad it. that you teach your kid to read so that he can finally he can read the Harry the Hamster story to himself at bedtime? Right. All right. So go look for it yourself. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Let's do a few calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. What's up? Hi. Hello. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Sam. Hello. Uh, best talk ever. Is this a compliment or your suggestion? That's, that's my suggestion. All right. What is what is your name? Cece. All right. Best talk ever. Okay, I'm noting it now. Cece, best talk ever. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. And gone. All right. Best talk ever. Uh, uh, oh, I've just hung up on somebody. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I hit the button twice. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hi guys, how's everybody today? Hey, oh, thank you. Good. I gave a lot of thought to this, and I'm thinking uh, AM 970, Portland's Talk and Bull Radio. Talk and Bull. There was a guy who suggested Talk and Balls. <laughs> oh, well, I think this is better suited. All right. Uh, I still like Talk Blocker. Talk Talk Blocker. <laughs> <laughs> talk and Bull. All right. 
Noted. Uh, what is your name? Kelly. All right. Kelly, 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 Kelly. I know you're probably sick of people doing that. Oh, well. All right. All, All right. right. Thank you. Duly noted. Thank Bye. You. All right. There you go. The talk of the block. Uh, is that your suggestion? It's kind of a hybrid of what you just said. All right. No. <laughs> Uh, all right, excellent. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So Anderson Cooper is uh, back to work today after having minor surgery to remove a cancerous mole from underneath his left eye. So he was on the mole, and this is a real-life mole. There was no indication of skin cancer that has spread, or a skin cancer at all. He blinded by this procedure when he was following Barack Obama, who was seeking the presidential nomination. Uh, so he's uh, 40 years old. You can still see that he has stitches under his eye. By the way, speaking of the last uh, last comment I'll make about that story. Oh, gosh. Again? <laughs> no, it's from a listener. A listener says, <laughs> subject line, new anus. Rick, how would, how would you like to be the other person who still has a malfunctioning anus and had a leg amputated? <laughs> Seems like the lady in the story got the got the, got the the better end of this mix-up. Uh, anyway, all right, and we're done. Here's Tim Riley. That is true, isn't it? <laughs> yes, And she still says, I'd still rather have a new anus. Yes. Well, an 81-year-old Australian man has shot himself dead with an elaborate suicide robot. Uh, apparently, he lived alone. He left notes of his plans and thoughts as he struggled to come to terms with demands by uh, relatives that he move into a, a retirement home. He spent uh, hours searching the internet for a way to kill himself, donated, uh, downloaded what he needed, and then built a complex robot that would remotely fire a gun. He sent up the device in his driveway at 7 a.m. Wednesday, placing himself in front of it, and set it in motion. His note explained that he chose the driveway because he knew that there were people working next door who would find him dead. The plan worked as How the nice you heard the... Uh, the robot shoot the man and ran to investigate. I'm so confused about this. So was this a previously existing robot that he altered, or did he build the he robot? He built it himself with plans he found on the Internet. He built a robot to kill him? Yes. With plans he found on the Internet? Mm -hmm. God damn, we're living in a weird world. Bizarre. The robot uh, had a 22 semi-automatic loaded with four <laughs> bullets in his hand. It's a kill bot. The, the robot was able to fire multiple shots into the man's head after he activated it. So it did work. Wait, now, was he infirm in some way? Well, apparently his relatives wanted him to move to a nursing home, and he didn't want to. But, I mean, why didn't he just shoot himself, do you suppose? I mean, he sounds like he had physical ability. He built the robot. Right. Maybe, Maybe he just thought it would be a cool way to go out, and it is, sir. It is. Well done. Where was this at? Australia. Oh, Sam was hoping. Why do cool stories always happen somewhere else? Do you ever see a really... Know, the end story came from Germany. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever see a really, really great headline, and you just know in your bones it's not from America? You see some really impossibly great cool story or something really bizarre and horrific, and you just know it's from England. Always. Seems like they're always from England. So he built a robot. Um, that's like a, that guy at the end of... Oh, I shouldn't give it away. I was almost going to give away the end of an Agatha Christie novel, which I guess is poor sport. So I won't do that. Um, did you guys see that uh, the video that's on the net of that four-legged robot that that robot company has built? No. It's hard to do it justice on the air. Can but, I give um, one to give away? There's, you don't want this thing to give away because it'll kill you at some point. Mm. There's this company. Uh, I think it's just a. They're funded by DARPA, which is the uh, the branch of the government that also built the internet. Uh, but they are working on building this this robot, and they're focusing on sort of a different aspect of it, rather rather than like uh, having it do things or lift stuff or shoot folks. Their whole thing is developing a robot, and it's sort of a four-legged robot. So imagine like a. It looks kind of like. Um, I don't know, kind of like a sort of like a deer, but with no head. Basically, it's like just a torso and four legs. That sounds creepy. Okay, but it's 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 both creepy and cool. 
their whole thing is they are pouring all of their engineering talent into creating a robot. And it sounds dumb when you say it, but it, it really is pretty complex. That can walk, stand, climb properly. It, even so much. And the way they test it is, and I'll send you the video because I'm not doing it justice, but it's fascinating. It's a robot that is about, I would say, about four feet high, about two feet across. And it's got four legs, and it like is, they have it like walking beside its, you know, walking beside the scientist down a road. They take it outside in winter, and they put it onto an ice patch, and then they give it a good solid kick. And then the robot is on a patch of ice. The guy kicks it. The robot starts to lose its balance, but then gets its balance back on the ice. And then they slow it back down so you can see it in slow motion. How the robot, like, gets its balance back on the ice and never falls over. There's another thing where it's literally on a huge pile of, like, wobbly bricks. And they have the robot walk up the pile of loose bricks, down the pile of loose bricks. All the while, the bricks are falling and moving and adjusting, and the robot never once loses its balance. It's the creepiest thing ever. I'll send it to you so you can watch it. it is, that it, sounds really, really it's cool. It's amazing. It really is. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Let's do a, a double snuff watch. Here's your double snuff watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Part 1. Science fiction in personario, Arthur C. Clarke is dead. Uh, Clark, uh, let's see, Clark was the author, or co-author, of dozens of fiction and non-fiction books. He will likely always be best known for his novel, 2001 A Space Odyssey, which was later turned into a landmark film by Stanley Kubrick. But Clark was also known for such works as Rendezvous with Rama, Childhood N, and uh, Fountains in Paradise. In a 2001 interview Clark gave uh, CNETnews.com, uh, he talked about uh, his then-current work in Sri Lanka as a champion of guerrillas because he saw a link between uh, global cell phone use and the plight of guerrillas in Central Africa. What is this? Due to prospectors hunting for titanium, a material used in making many gadgets. Well, all right. If you want to think that way, go for that. I, I don't see why anybody sat down and put all those things together and came up with that conclusion, but there are better minds than mine. Should I read that again? Sure. Well, he talked at length about his then-current work in Sri Lanka as a champion of guerrillas, because of what he saw as a link between global cell phone use and the plant of gorillas in Central Africa due to prospectors hunting for titanium, a material used in making many gadgets. Well, he is a science fiction author, Tim. He does see things that we don't see. Um, All right. I he may have died of thinking too hard. <laughs> His brain is all used up. Uh, so Arthur C. Clarke, a legendary science fiction writer. I was just talking to engineer Matt Green about this. Uh, Matt, who uh, was uh, was fairly despondent over the news, is a huge Arthur C. Clarke fan. And Arthur C. Clarke is one of those guys, you again, you don't realize how many things he's done that have impacted the culture until you see them all listed. His two most famous probably are Childhood End, uh, Childhood and, Childhood End uh, and 2001 A Space Odyssey, to which there were a few different sequels. He also wrote a great book that I read when I was about, I remember I was about 11 years old, Rummaging Through... Um, I don't think it was, a, it was a book my dad had or I got it from a library used or something. When I was a kid, I still do this now, actually. I'll just go to, like, a book sale, and they'll have, like, that dollar cart or, like, books for a quarter or something. And if they're, like, a quarter, I'll just buy a whole bunch. Like, I'll buy, like, $10 worth of books at a quarter each, you know? And if, you know, if 10% of them are good, uh, then, I mean, you know, you're still, like, way ahead of the game. That's so, like a hoarder mentality. It's not even, it's not a hoarder mentality so much as it is just, like, 
you know, if you buy, uh, and it's, that might be overstating a little bit, but if I find a big pile of used books somewhere, if something is just even vaguely interesting but it's cheap, I will totally buy it. I, when, when people have boxes out in front of their houses, like free books, I, yeah. I can't resist but take a couple of yeah. them every time. Because, I mean, you know, because if even one of them is good, then the whole thing is worthwhile. Anyway, but I, I got this book called A Fall of Moon Dust when I was about 12 years old, which is an Arthur C. Clarke novel. And... Uh, is, is by today's standards a pretty straight ahead sort of sci-fi thriller, and I think this is this is like way before we had um, had been uh, on the moon. I think it was like 1959 or something. But it was a it was sort of a sort of a thriller uh, kind of escape novel, uh, sort of set on the moon or whatever. And it was just really really great. So he is a guy who, and I was saying the other thing about Arthur C. Clarke makes me think about Ray Bradbury, who I think is still alive but had a stroke, and he's like a thousand years old. And so I'm already like preemptively sad about Ray Bradbury dying and he's already alive. What can you do? What can you do? Part two, Ivan Dixon, who brought the problems of promise to contemporary blacks, uh, has died. He portrayed the level-headed POW Kinchlow in Hogan's Heroes. That's what he's best known as. He was 76. He had a hemorrhage in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. He also had kidney failure, too. He directed uh, scores of television shows beginning his acting career in the late 1950s. It was in the 1957 play The Cave Dwellers, and also a drama about black life, A Raisin in the Sun. He's best known for his role as James Kinchlow in Hogan's Heroes, a zany comedy about the Nazis. So, uh, he's dead. He was also in an episode of The Twilight Zone, I think, and I can't remember. Hold on. Now i gotta, now I got to know before we uh, close this out. Ivan Dixon. I'm almost positive he started an episode of The Twilight Zone. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, yeah, he started an episode of The Twilight Zone called I Am the Night, Color Me Black, uh, which is sort of a kind of one of Rod Serling's sort of heavy-handed uh, teleplays about racial relations in America. But uh, but he was he was really a great actor, one of those guys who, uh, I mean, I guess it's work. And, uh, you know, at that point, one of the 60s, that was probably, do you suppose by the, by the time Hogan's Heroes were around, they were getting residuals? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, so that's the thing. that you, you know, you do that, and you're kind of set for life to a certain degree. That show was owned by Bing Crosby. Is that true? Yeah, it was a Bing Crosby production. You know, every time I talk about uh, Hogan's Heroes, the thing I always uh, visualize in my head is that closing shot of, like, the, the whatever, like, the Nazi hat with the big spike on top and, like, Hogan's cap sort of sitting on top of it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm making a note to myself about something I've got to do later. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> there's your double snuff watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. see here. Uh, well, these are probably all radio uh, uh, things about the name of the radio station. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi. Hey. Say, I, I heard uh, Sarah wonder aloud a little bit ago about how that woman knew she had a new anus. Hold on a second. Oh, but, but before we continue, I can't remember. Is this voice number one or voice number two? Number one, I think. I had a guy come out of, when I went, to see, I went to see Morgan Grace the other day, and that guy came by. Some guy I didn't know. And he shakes my head. He's like, hey, big big listener, voice number two, or whatever. And I couldn't... So voice number one is this guy who's sort of a... I always say he sounds like Peter from Nickel Arcade. Kind of young, a little snarky sounding, which is fine. Uh, and then voice number two is sort of gruff and kind of half drunk. Mm-hmm. All right, so you're voice number one. Go ahead. Well, thanks, since I'm old and cranky. But uh, I just thought I'd point out uh, for some... Oh, yeah. No, I'm okay. afraid no. Yeah, you're, you're gross. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> And there, that really is the best assessment, Jim. And that's that. 
<laughs> you know, you really can boil things down to just the absolute distillation. <laughs> I was told never to waste words. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. That is very strunk and white of you. Here's Tim Riley. An emergency sewer repair job has closed three lanes of Southwest Market Street at Southwest First Avenue downtown. Traffic in the right-hand lane is allowed to turn right only from Market to Southwest First Avenue. The uh, two middle lanes are closed at first. Uh, flaggers are at the center repair work. Uh, we'll also close the right and center lanes of Southwest First Avenue and Market Street. It's going on until 3 o'clock this afternoon, but the lanes will be closed all day and all hours until the work is complete. It's take annoying. It, it'll take an know. entire month to fix oh, this thing. Jesus. Boy, I made the mistake of turning down 6th again the other day, and I know we talk about this like once a month. When are they going to finish that? There's that whole section of 6th, I think it is. It's either 6th mm. or 4th. I think it's 6th. But it's just now completely closed. Oh, the bus mall one? Yeah. When oh, is that's that? not going to be done for years. Is that true? See, they're building a whole new bus mall. When you say years, see, I don't know if I really just, think it's like a, a few Is years. it actually multiple years? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, hell, they've been working on the Burnside Bridge, what, for like three, two, three years already? I can almost give them that, though, because it's a bridge that the Burnside Bridge lifts, does it not? They all mm-hmm. live. It does. Well, well, that's not true. They the don't. The Selwood Bridge doesn't lift. The Selwood Bridge doesn't live, neither, does, neither does the Ross Island Bridge. Oh, no, the Fremont does. Not oh, the Fremont left. does not. The yeah. big high one. Mm-hmm. So the Selwood doesn't. The Fremont doesn't. The Ross Island doesn't. St. John's doesn't. St. John's doesn't. So it does. It's like really hit or miss about when they decided to just build the bridges taller and when they decided to waste a bunch of money putting in like a mechanism. So the, so I can almost give them the Burnside Bridge because there is like a lot of work to be done because it's an active, it's a mechanical bridge. With that bus mall, does the bus mall have something to do with this new Max line they're building? Well, they just moved the buses so they can build the new Max thing. Okay, so is that... They moved all the buses down a third. Okay. they didn't used to be. So, okay. Third and fourth. I sound... Okay, these... I, I just don't understand things sometimes. So what is happening on 6th? Well, it's it's part of that uh, that digging to put in the new trains. Okay, so that's what it is. So the bus mall is down on 3rd by the coin tower because 6th is being dug up to put in uh, new Max Thank lines. Right. Okay, but even so, and I don't mean to sound uh, sort of dopey about this, but how long can it take to put in train tracks? Well, they have to dig things up and they have to put things back. But I mean, isn't it isn't it really just as simple as like, you know, you, you dig you dig some slots in the ground, and bam, tracks down, go. I mean, it seems like it ought to be a fairly straightforward activity. I don't understand well, yeah, why it would take so long. Some slave labor and crack the whip, they get it done. Like political well, prisoners. Note that we are not suggesting that they bring in slave labor. That is not a suggestion we're making, is it, Tim? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. They might do that in other countries, but not here. <laughs> not here in America. No. We take our time. All right. Uh, is that true, Richie? Are you making that up, or are you trying to start an urban legend? Did Matt Green just tell you that? I'm uh, this uh, this thing that Richie Brian Jones. I think is Brian Jones trying to start uh, some sort of a myth with that. Is he trying to put his fear of God into us? What's that? Let me just. I'll back up for a second. So. As we described earlier, the both handles now have broken off the studio door today. And Matt Green, the engineer, came in and he said, he said, oh, don't worry about it. You know, this will all be better in the new building. And I said, what? <gasps> I said, what? And he goes, he goes, no, 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 I'm just trying to start. A, he said, I'm just trying to start a rumor. And so he walked off. Uh, so Matt was trying to start a rumor with that because I thought it was just sort of a stock engineer excuse. You know, why isn't this fixed? Uh, we'll do it in the new building. Code for like, I don't I can't be bothered. I used to have an engineer that would do that. No, 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 we're going to get a new facility one of these days. There's no point in fixing it here. So Matt was trying to start a rumor because I asked about fixing the handles on the door. He goes, no, 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 it'll all be better in the next building. All right, hold on. Well, that is reassuring. Well, okay, here's... I have to ask this now. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. 
by Odeon. Odeon. How do you get that new Richie sounder done? It's quite pungent. Let's uh, now welcome to the studio intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, sir. How are you today? Good morning. Hi. Congratulations on your big bowling win last night. Yay. Richie did so well, too. I really, um, I blew it on the second game, and you really picked up the spot. So is it the KUFO and KGW are facing off, and you'll play the winner? No. They, no. they faced off last night. It's oh, all so CBS. Who, so who are you playing? K, KUFO? We're playing KUFO. Who's on their team? Uh, Zen. Terry. Terry over Terry from the street team. Uh-huh. Terry, what's that guy's name? Zon, Zon, Shaw. 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 I don't know. Yeah, Dave Zinn's just like Terrible. killing it. Is he a machine? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh-huh. Okay, well, we'll talk. When is, the, is that Tuesday? Yep. Okay. Well, I'll go down and root. Um, so, you always say that. You never do. Well, that's the day after I get back from Vegas, but I'll try to be there. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, please now to tell us what you just typed to me on the screen. And is that true? Is this going to get us trouble? Well, did Brian tell you? Yeah. Did he tell you you couldn't repeat it? No. We're out there smoking. His Hold on a second. Let's do. Did Brian tell you something that you suspect shouldn't be public knowledge? Possibly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> well, no. See, now I almost feel like we have to. Well, we're talking about buildings and stuff, and CBS owns this building. And if the state decides you they want to put a road in or something, they can make you move, and you have to sell your building and pack up and move somewhere else. They pay you good though. I got paid five thousand dollars once when I was thrown out of an apartment. So, now what does that have to do with us? I mean, what did he did he give the likelihood of this happening? Uh, there was mention of Max going straight through us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's all rumors. Be like the uh huh. Be like the oh, second geez. the second time we've been screwed by something named Max. By the way, so all right. <laughs> uh, but this would not be for a couple years. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to worry about it until then. All right. Okay. Thank you, Richie. Bye. That's more or less what he typed on the screen. It's like, hey, but except except he didn't gild the lily when he typed it on the screen. This is what he wrote. You know, they're putting a max right here at the CBS building. We will have to move in two years. <laughs> All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, Gresham gets a new fire truck. Yes, they're showing it off. It's a heavy unit rescue thing. It was purchased through the Urban Area Security Initiative grant through the Department of Homeland Security. The entire cost of the unit is $450,000 paid for by the grant. Uh, this new fire truck is equipped to respond to a building collapse, whether from an earthquake or an explosion. It can also be used for trench cabins, trail derailments, and semi-truck accidents. Now, over the past two years, the city has purchased hazardous materials response team units, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear, and explosive units, and related tools, all from the government. It only costs $1,750,000. That is a bargain. So uh, you can thank the Homeland Security thing for all this. Now, Gresham people can be rescued from anything. <laughs> Just not from their own city. When everyone else dies, Gresham people will still be around. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I had a couple name suggestions for you. Uh-huh. Voice number one? I guess so. Yes. What, Anyways, is your, uh, yeah, what are your suggestions, I'm going, sir? Uh, simple, I'm going to simple ones because any ones they kind of wear off. Let me just, just back up because we are entering a new hour of the show here on KCMD Portland. So... The station for uh, ever since we quit being called Johnson 970, which has been a couple years ago, uh, we have been simply AM 970, uh, solid state radio, which we liked because it was sort of blank, which means we could sort of make it mean whatever we wanted to, had kind of a cool sort of powerful ring to it, and it had the added uh, advantage of being an old radio term. It was actually a technical term for radio, so we all kind of like that. We've decided to sort of tweak it, though, because uh, we want something that actually says talk in it somehow. So the only rules are that it has to say talk and it can't say PDX. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not I'm going away from the zany because that kind of wears off. Sure. I'm in the same vein as a solid state. So you've yeah. got Real Talk Portland. Real Talk Portland, got it. Or Rose City Talk. Rose City Talk. City Talk. Real Talk 
Portland. I like the uh, the real talk. It's kind of cool. Real talk, Portland. All right. You would both like us describe yourself as being real talk about stuff people the, like. And that's uh, what is that? They do with it. What is it? KLSX is KLSX real radio? Or is that for, that's free FM free now, FM. isn't it? It's still yeah. it's still free FM. Are they like the last free FM yes, they station? Are. Mm-hmm. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, bye now. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So, remember that uh, call girl linked to Elliot Spitzer? Yes, I do. Uh, her name is Ashley Alexander Dupree. She is now 22. Well, she was offered a million dollars to appear in a non-nudes spread of uh, Joe Francis's new magazine, but it's too late. She already appeared in a Girls Gone Wild video. She's all class. She visited Miami in 2003 to celebrate her 18th birthday. After fighting with a friend and getting thrown out of her hotel, the lady found a nearby Girls Gone Wild bus. She signed all the legal documents and spent a week on the bus, filming seven full-length tapes, which include nudity and same-sex encounters. Yeah. So uh, and, uh, Joe Francis said he personally ended up buying her a Greyhound bus ticket back home to North Carolina. <laughs> because that's your ticket to fame and fortune. Girls gone wild. Now, here's a Greyhound bus ticket. Get out. She filmed seven full-length videos? You betcha. Jeez. She did it all for free. You she, know, she gave it away <laughs> back in those days. I, uh, and you pay for that later. Mm-hmm. You, you charge, them all, charge them the whole way or don't charge them at all. Uh, so... Boy, who do you root for so there? Her, her I'm my, rooting for him. Her I'm, MySpace page has had more than 5 million hits, uh, and that happened immediately after the scandal broke. Her musical efforts include two songs posted at the uh, music sharing site Amy Street, where uh, they were listened to hundreds of thousands of times and played on the National Airwaves. I think she actually, they said she made like 200 grand uh, on selling that one terrible single. Mm-hmm. So, good well, good for her. I mean, you figure half that's gone in taxes, mm-hmm. uh, and you figure she's not that bright. Uh, you know, in my estimation, my opinion, uh, that she's not that, uh, you know, she just can't be that shrewd. So uh, my guess is she's going to have to land herself a man sooner rather than later because I don't see her managing her money all that well. No. Just call it a hunch. Uh, especially because she was, as Tim said, giving it away uh, on, on this uh, on, on this Girls Gone Wild thing. So, yeah, I'm pulling for Joe Francis on that one. Uh, the... Well, all right. Uh, what does it mean to to be on the Girls Gone Wild bus for a week, though? I don't even know what that means. Is it the, does the bus is it like, like being tour a, around and you flash people or something? I don't know because I thought the deal was that the girls is were all amateurs on the side of it. Well, there must be because that's how she's been. I really am intrigued, and I mean this honestly. I am really fascinated by Girls Gone Wild and that whole phenomenon. Uh, not because it, I find it like titillating or anything. It's, it's, I mean, you know, I guess maybe it is or whatever. I guess, I guess, it, I guess it is sort of titillating in the sense that it's not professional like porn stars it is a lot of those you get the feeling they are really just like dumb drunk girls on camera so i guess maybe there's the allure that it's like so-called real girls and not you know jenna jameson or whatever uh but the girls gone wild thing as a social phenomenon is really fascinating to me because this goes back to this thing i said the other week about in 20 years you're going to have an entire generation of men too but in this case women who are now moms teachers parents uh managers any number of whom have been on webcams, on MySpace, on Girls Gone Wild, on, uh, you know, photos they took on their cell phone that they passed around to their friends where they're, like, showing all their stuff or, like, getting it on with somebody. So you do look at the, like, I think about this. Like, you look at these girls on in the Girls Gone Wild videos, even if they're doing something pretty innocuous, you know, if they're just, like, flashing or if they're, like, kissing some other girl, and you wonder... Like, does that immediately then disqualify them from any number of things in the future? If you are caught 
not even caught, but I mean, if you are willingly on a Girls Gone Wild tape uh, for like, uh, you know, for like 40 seconds, drunkenly making out with some other girl, does that immediately remove you from being able to be a cop in the future? Like we saw that mayor got kicked out of office. Oh, right? yeah. And yeah. she was just wearing a bit, and that, that, she was just wearing like a bikini or something. So it probably means you can never be a politician. Uh, it probably means you can, I would imagine it means you can't be a teacher. Because if they ever find that, you'll probably be bounced out of your teaching job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably would never really be able to be a successful manager of any decent-sized company if there's some 40-second tape of you floating around drunkenly kissing some other girl. So every one of those girls got wild tapes. If they're like 90 minutes long, you figure there's 50 girls in there. Uh, it, will be curi- it will be interesting to look into the future 10, 15, 20 years from now and see exactly what the ramifications are of so many girls kind of putting it out there on the Internet and, and being filmed or photographed in compromising positions. Because that didn't really used to happen. You know, like 20 years ago, some girl gets caught in compromising, you know, whatever. Unless, literally, unless you took the photos and went to Larry Flynn or Hugh Hefner, nobody was ever going to see them. Some boyfriend took nude photos of you in 1980. Unless he sold them to Hustler, no one was ever going to see those. I mean, at the most, you know, he shows them to some friends, but it's not there was nowhere there was nowhere to put them where the whole world would see them. Now there is. So and that the whole thing is very interesting to me. Uh, let's see, what are we? Uh, I just don't even know what to do with these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show in KCMD Portland. Yeah, hi, Rick. I was the one that you hung up on. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I'm used to it. We got a mother-in-law. You know, speak listen to her speak for hours on end. Don't get a word in edgewise, and she hangs up on me. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, uh, I had two suggestions. Yes, um, first off, Real Talk Radio, which was already taken, but I had it a half hour before. Okay. Uh, oh, well, and uh, AM 970, just saying. Just saying, with a, with an apostrophe at the end? Of course. Just saying. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Okay, sorry. Here's <laughs> Tim Riley. Well, actors Angelina Jolie and actor Brad Pitt will add not one but two new kids this year. A Hollywood couple is expecting boy and girl twins. Jeez. Now, that brings the grand total of pit kids to how many? I don't know. Because they've adopted a bunch of kids, right? She has a bunch of kids from... So there's Shiloh that they had, and there's Maddox, Pax, or whatever his name is. You're a loser. (laughs) Totally. And the the girl, I can't remember her name. Uh, So this will be four and five? Yeah. Five and six? They have three adopted children together and one biological daughter who was born in Namibia. Six children. Jesus. I mean, I shouldn't uh, poke. My mom had six kids, but I mean, she's my a movie star. My, my mom is also deeply tired and re- and resentful. So, I uh, I just can't fathom that. And you can't really picture Brad Pitt having six children. Mm-hmm. How old is Brad Pitt? Forty. Yes, at least. I mean that. Well, whatever. I mean that's just it, it's just it's weird when you think about it because every time, I mean you know when you have a kid, every single time you have a kid. That is 20 years gone, right? You figure that's 20 years of your life you'll never get back. Right. So, you've, and that's why when you meet these couples, like you've ever meet these people where they have a kid who's like, you know, who's like 15 or 16, and they're just on the verge of getting the kid out of the house, bam, another kid. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, you just locked yourself in for another 20 years. What are you doing? I mean, I maybe, and I don't mean to sound relentlessly negative. I'm sure there's many people, people love their kids, whatever. Uh, it makes for a joyous home. I suppose. Um but you do wonder about people who wait until the one kid is like 14, and it's like you can see the finish line. I mean, obviously, that's not the end of your obligations. Kids are going to college and they're whatever. But it's like they can they can see freedom over the hill. Maybe this is like how guys get released from prison and they can't deal with all the freedom, and so they go rob a liquor store, so they get so they get sent back. 
Maybe that's what it, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go stick up a guy. That's like the definition of emptiness syndrome. Totally. It's like Morgan Freeman. Just I all I think about is things I'll do that'll get me sent back. You know, I. So that must be what it is. Where they just suddenly, when your kid is gone, the husband and wife will have to spend all their time with each other, and so they panic and have another kid. Because then at least you know. I mean, it may be you know miserable. What you're doing. Yeah, it may be miserable, but it's like it's a known quantity. You've got something to occupy your time for the next 18 years. Otherwise, you just have to become one of those couples who rent a motorhome and you drive all over the city and go to matchbook conventions. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Let's go to Florida, shall we? And we are. Oh, we sure will. Well, that's too bad for you, Rick Emerson. It is. So this goes to us in Florida. Uh, Fort Pierce. The pickup line was, hey, mommy. But the only thing a 38-year-old man received when officers say he exposed himself at a Goodwill store was a ride straight to jail. Lazaro Colon, who's also listed as homeless, uh, is being held in uh, St. Lucie County Jail with $7,000 bail and charged with indecent exposure and resisting arrest. Uh, Colon uh, approached a woman with his uh, fly-in done at the Goodwill store and uh, called to her by saying, Hey, Mommy. Uh. The woman ran to the store manager who called 911. When the officers arrived, he first resisted arrest by kicking the rear door of the cruiser. Once inside, officers uh, he continued to kick the closed door until officers used leg restraints. Well, okay. That's unpleasant. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How's it going? By the way, just real briefly, just, here's an email. Rick, the bus mall is not going to take... Uh, is not going to take... Years and years to complete. The max is going to be completed September of 2009. Uh, the action on 5th and 6th is, as you said, whatever. Anyway, so I guess the max is going to, well, it is going to take years then. It's going to be completed yeah. September 2009, so it's going to be a li- another a year, and a, year and, a and a half. Jesus. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Okay, I got two for you. One that I thought of for the radio slogan thing yes, sir. is uh, anything but sex talk. Okay, not very good. But what was still. that sound in the background? Was that like a punctuating? Uh, it was just uh, noise. Is Working, it? You know. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was. Okay, if you had somebody imprisoned in your basement. Or something. There's a beep. No. All right. It's ambient okay. noise. So okay. no anything but sex talk then. Okay. And? And the other one is the lady that got her free anus replacement. Like, if you go in to get your leg fixed and they give you a free sphincter, I mean, well, give you a sphincter, do they... You got to pay for that, or is that going to be like, like, oops? Well, that's a good question, a actually. Well, they must. Well, they must. I mean, uh, they, well, they give you a credit. They. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go in to get your car worked, it's like on, when they you replace the wrong part, they don't charge you for like it. Like if you buy a TV and it doesn't work, you can't get cash for it, but they will allow you to exchange that for a, a good of equivalent price. I mean, then they scan you, you in there for Exactly. Do you get your original sinker back, or no, you just keep right. the new one as a freebie? Mm, thank you. Okay. Bye. We're just. <laughs> We're going to move on from that. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Richie. Let's move on from the uh, spectrum. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Uh, I had one idea for the, for the station name. Uh-huh. Uh, AM970, Talk and Roll. Talk and, somebody suggested something else that was sort I like, of like that. A, something with rock. Oh, is it, oh, has it already been used? No, it was it was right. not that, but it was uh, similar Rock and to Roll that. without the records. Uh, he's a rock and roll Republican. Talk and Roll. All right. What was your name, sir? My name is Dominic. Excellent. Thank you. I'm actually, I'm actually the guy that that, uh, that came up with the idea for Emerson History X, too. Oh, really? Is that you? Yeah, that would be me. Very uh, wait, then, did you do, now, wait, did you do uh, the name or did you do part of the artwork, too? No, I, did, I, just, did, I just thought of the name. Just did the name, because the artwork Remember, was... I got, I got into that, 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 that... Oh, that's right. There was a little bit of a spitting match between you right. and another guy who claimed that he came up with it. And then right. you sent me, like, a screen capture of right. a MySpace message to me 
with like the timestamp circled, showing that you had come up with it first. Correct. It was really petty, but yet entertaining. No, no, no. That, 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 that's our entire show, sir. Petty yet entertaining. <laughs> that's right. Um, that is this whole station, really. Uh, well, that's why we turned this over to the audience, because Susan and I were talking about it. We just, we just come up with nothing. And we realized that the audience, really, every single good thing uh, that we've ever had on this show, whether it's a name, uh, artwork, you know, really, the AM970 logo and the station website, Bridget did that. Really, literally, though, every other single piece of art we use, I think, came from the audience. So uh, you guys never disappoint. All right. Please. Thank you. All right, All right there you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Was it you that asked me what happened to Epic Man? No, I was asking what happens when you go on the Girls Gone Wild bus for a week. A, a question, by the way, that I still want answered. Because... There has to be somebody in Portland who's been on a Girls Gone Wild bus. I want to know somebody who's been, if you if somebody has been or if you know a girl who has been in a Girls Gone Wild video. And I sense that maybe this is a fascination only I have, but it really is, I really no, I think, am I mean, interested in it. And they've mocked it on Arrested Development. I think it's just a huge part of the American culture. What was the Arrested Development one? Girls with Girls Low Self-Esteem. Yeah. I really do, I really do wonder, uh, well, first of all, do you think the girls, do they get paid? Tim, here, Tim, well, yeah, well, yes, they, ha they have to send a release form. But um, a release form, does, but does that mean they ha they must be paid? Well, maybe they get paid something. I mean, some small they get, amount. I they they get just paid in shame. See, but, but that I mean, they don't have to be paid. It, it all depends on what the release form says. I guess it depends on the deal they strike, mm -hmm. right? Because uh, they don't, and they don't have to be. That's not a thing, obviously, where you have to be a member of whatever. As long as they sign the release so. form, they'll be, you know, they, that's good. They're good to go. Uh, so, and I guess maybe the bus is. Okay, I'm, I'm making, uh, this is my guess, and then we'll uh, move on to more news. Here is my guess. Wait, before we do that, I'm going to finish this cup of coffee. Then I will give my Girls Gone Wild guess, then we'll do more news. Hold on. picturing bad stripping going on. Yeah. I'm looking for compensation. I'm not able to find it. All right. Here's my prediction about the Girls Gone Wild bus. This is my guess. My guess is because the deal is what? They go to, like, frat parties and stuff or, like, college parties. I know they go to Mardi Gras, which seems like cheating. Uh, but they uh, but they go to, like uh, like, house parties or whatever, and they have... The camera and the shirt and the whatever, and at this point, it's sort of probably easier to get girls to do it because everybody knows who they are and they're, they're a brand name and whatever. My guess, though, is this, that the Girls Gone Wild bus is where they get, uh, let's say, five, six girls, maybe like this, what's her name, uh, Ashley Dupree or whatever her name is. Mm -hmm. They get five or six girls in a bus, and then when they go to a location like a party or like some wherever it is the girls are gathered, my guess is that the girls on the Girls Gone Wild bus focus as sort of uh, ringers. My guess is that they sort of prime the pump. In other words, you go to a party, 
unbeknownst to everybody else, you kind of bring these five girls from the Girls Gone Wild bus into the party. They get kind of drunk, take off their tops, do whatever, as a sort of catalyst to the other girls who are there. Because girls, obviously, a certain type of girl, anyway, fights for attention. And they don't like to see another girl getting more attention than they are. I bet the girls on the bus are there to sort of spark other girls at the party to do this, to set the tone for the party to sort of passively encourage other girls to get nude. I'd agree with that. That's my guess. I don't know. Because you're right, and it is a certain type of woman who's like, oh, they're all looking at her boobs. Yeah, totally. Why don't I show mine? That's the last time you will see these. Here's Tim Riley. Maybe we could invite them here. I am. I really am, am fascinated by the, by the cultural phenomenon that is Girls Gone Wild. I don't blame you. All right, here's Tim Riley. So anyway, with Ed McMahon... Uh, he is 85 years old, and apparently he fell down last year, which left him with a broken neck, and has two follow-up surgeries. He's being uh, being treated in rehab, but not the Lindsay Lohan kind. Uh, and he has a neck brace. So I have a picture of him. He looks, well, uh, as good as Ed McMahon can possibly well, look. At I least mean... he's still alive, and Carson isn't. <laughs> I wonder if that is a little victory to a guy like Ed McMahon. Mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, oh. I wonder if that's... I wonder if he just sort of, uh, if there are guys like that, sort of the second bananas of the world, mm-hmm. and it's just like a little notch every time they outlive somebody. Did you ever see that Rickles special that he did on HBO, the thing that Landis did, the Mr. Warmth? No. Oh, dude, you got to see that. Uh, they I don't it. have HBO. Okay, but you can rent it now. Oh, I can. Uh, about six months ago, John Landis uh, filmed, it was the closest thing that has ever been to like a full-on biography of, of Don Rickles, about 90 minutes long, part of his stage act. And then part of the interviewing him off camera, and it's called Mr. Warmth, the Don Rickles Project, I oh, think. I like that. And it's a 90-minute documentary, and there's the best sequence where Rickles, and this is after you and I saw him when he was already old, mm. but he's got to be, he's 86, I think? Yeah. There's this great sequence where Rickles is in his den, and he has, like a lot of guys from that generation, uh, just a wall of photographs of sort of celebrities that he knows are new and has worked with. And there's this great sequence where Rickles is going down, and he's going, dead, dead, dying, dying. Three weeks to live. Dead. Dead. And he's just listing off all of the people that he's outliving. And it really is pretty fantastic. So, well done, Ed McMahon. Well, Apple Incorporated is negotiating with record labels over a deal to give iPhone and iPod customers free access to the entire iTunes music library if they pay extra for the devices. The Financial Times is reporting that the sticking point in the talks is how uh, Apple will pay the record labels for the access. The newspaper cites unnamed music industry sources for the report. Apple declines to comment. The newspaper also reports that Apple is looking at offering the unlimited music bundle uh, for the iPod and the iPhone, also a monthly music subscription service only for iPhone. Now, were you the one that said that Apple is that iTunes is now the world's second largest music retail after Walmart? That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Yes, I think what they tried to do in Britain—I don't know if they do this or not—in Britain, because the recording industry screamed about you know blah 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 pirates taking our profits. I think what they floated doing in Britain is they were going to start putting a tax on things that would be used for electronic music. In other words, they were going to put a sale. They were going to put a tax on MP3 players, a tax on blank CDs, a tax on CD burners. Mm-hmm. All of which would then accrue to the record companies. Would Go be into the... a pool. Exactly. Yeah. And then th- th- that would help the record companies sort of recoup their losses. And the record company, because it's run by morons, shot it down. And I think they said they wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the record industry back in the, the early days of Napster said that they we will never do anything online. That's a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, that's why they're getting so badly screwed now. So, all right. Uh, then a fresh offer divorce settlement. The ex-wife of former Beatle Paul McCartney has landed a new gig. Extra reports that 40-year-old Heather Mills will serve as a judge for the Miss USA pageant next month. 
Uh, yesterday, or Monday, a judge ruled that McCartney must pay Mills $48 million. She reportedly wanted $250 million from McCartney, who uh, first offered $30 million. The couple split in May 2006 after four years of marriage. They have a young daughter together. The Miss USA pageant will be hosted by longtime entertainers Donia Marie. It'll air live on NBC from the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Vegas, Friday, April 11th at 9 p.m. This year's winner will succeed former Miss Tennessee Rachel Smith. The uh, This guy says, here's a great email. By the way, is there anything you would not do for $30 million? The idea that Paul McCartney would offer you $30 million, No, 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 I need more than I that. I need that extra 20 No, no, I'm going to hold on she, for more. I swear, somebody needs to make it their, their life's mission to keep track of every penny that she spends. And oh. she's saying that she wants to give it all to charity. And you know she'll be broke, too. You know, just like Alexandra Dupree, you know that she'll die bankrupt. You just know that in your bones. Well, she cares about people. No, she really does. Um, let's see, this, uh, here's an email about, uh, Rick. That guy, Dominic, who just called in, should not be so prideful about naming uh, Emerson History X. Humility is a virtue. After all, this guy says, this is, uh, Rob, says, I came to you with the idea for the name, What Happened to My Pants? And you don't see me harping on and on about it. He says, in fact, I have been through years of therapy over it. That is, uh, Rob, What Happened to My Pants? I forgot all about that. Uh, well, with that stupid clip art. With the, the muscle, that the nude so bodybuilder. That's embarrassing. That's Awful. like, that's all that they would do for us. Clip art. That is the nadir, I think, of, uh, of our radio experience. Do you remember the What Happened to My Pants logo? Yes, I do. And it was like a bo blonde bodybuilder with no underwear. Uh-huh. Wasn't that like a sales rep who put that together, Yes, too? it was. And then it had the name of the client, like, in huge letters. It was like a bad parody of what a salesperson does to a radio show. I can't believe that that was actually our job, like, yeah. that place. It feels like we, that we were just in, like, a cardboard box. Give me like one? outdated Max. Oh yeah. And doesn't doesn't Max seem like a bad it almost doesn't seem like a thing we lived through. Max almost seems like a bad flashback that you would see in a movie or something. Jesus. Alright. Here's Tim Riley. And I remember the counter would shake. <laughs> they, 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 couldn't even afford the, they couldn't even afford screws <laughs> or glue. to keep the counter from falling over. I forgot. They were really that. dedicated to our success. <laughs> they believed in the brand. They thing. really no, they were big fans of uh, of uh, Tom Riley. Yeah, they were. Uh, hey, what do oh, you do here? Talking about <laughs> the guy with the sweaty hand. <laughs> you are who again? Jesus. Now that was interesting, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it really mm. was. Uh, Tori uh, Spelling uh. and her husband Dean are seeing pink. The actress says that the couple is expecting a girl due in June. The daughter will be the second child for the 34-year-old Spelling and 41-year-old McDermott. The pair married in May of 2006 and welcomed son Liam Aaron McDermott on March 2007. McDermott also has a son from a previous marriage. Spelling and McDermott uh, have an oxygen show called Tori and Dean in Love, which is renewed for a third season. It was technically titled uh, Tori and Dean Still in Love. The latest edition will follow the couple as they return to Los Angeles after running a Southern California bed and breakfast for a year. But they lied. They said originally they bought it, but they were only renting it. Uh, Tori recently uh, released her memoir. <laughs> storytelling. I like that it's actually that it's actually storytelling. I like the idea that it's actually not memoirs. It's just memoir. It's one memory. Mm -hmm. Just say, uh, well, my dad was famous and gave me lots of stuff. How sad is that? And to the, it's like they have to name a show after they've been married for two years. Like still in love. Still in love. No, We're no, no. Still getting along. No, 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 no. It's as, it's as it, wonderful it's hard to believe. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. A Bridgeport, Connecticut police officer accused of stealing hot dogs from a courtroom concession stand has been fired. Officer Murray Pierce has been accused of stealing the dogs from a vendor starting in late 2006 and later trying to tamper with witnesses in the case when the vendor complained. 
A panel of police commissioners has signed off on the decision to fire the police officer. The board said the intimidation began in September 2006 when Pierce approached Michael Pinto, who operates Snappy Dog, next to the courthouse. <laughs> the panel said Pinto feared losing his permit for the stand because the police uh, department oversees that function. Did you see this? Uh, did Carl Click send you guys this suggestion? <laughs> yeah. No. I don't think we can read that on the air. <laughs> that's can he? That's um, Carl Click of uh, K2. Oh, I thought he was confused. I don't get what he means by it. Oh, I think I know what he means by it. Let's read it. Um, we'll, we'll let, is this from the K2 Morning News? We'll let, we'll let you read it, Tim. Um, it's not blue in any way. Where might I find it? It's uh, He sent it to your other email address, uh, your, uh, your non-CBS uh, email. My non-CBS email. I'm looking at it here. Yeah, he sent it to... Uh, to your other one. All right, let me look here. All right. It and take me a minute to Well, we don't have to do it right now. You can read it later if you like. Let's see here. It's, uh, it's a little awkward. I don't think I want to read it. It's a little awkward? Yes. Uh, Let's just do this call in the meantime. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I got a couple suggestions. Snappy uh, dog. Yes? How about um, stop, talk, and roll? Okay. And then AM970, talk you. <laughs> okay, it was your delivery that really made that one work. It's so yeah, bad it's do good. It All right, excellent. Thank you. Hey, one more thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> last week, uh, there's a story Jack of Orkins running for Congress somewhere. Uh, yes, that is true. I, I thought his uh, slogan would be funny if it was, uh, vote for me or I'll kill your grandma. <laughs> that is, you? I guess that is kind of funny in a sort of horrible way. All right, All right thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bluntness is a virtue. All right. Should I read this? It's just, um, I don't know if he was confused. Being facetious. I think is he was he, confused. Is he confused? Because I don't understand how that would be insulting. Uh, not to us. Maybe he's talking about a call letter change for us. Something like that. Oh. Because this station was did have those call letters. We used to be, time. we used to be, oh, that's right. Now, let's list off, actually. So we're KCMD Portland now, and that KCMD, that is a holdover from when we were the all-comedy station. Okay, the, the CMD is for the CMD is for comedy, uh, which is one of those things that radio stations do that I think I think they think people notice that a lot more than they do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, like because the, because we were at one point KUPL AM, and then we were KUFO AM, and I think we were something else. weren't we KBBT AM at one yeah. point? Uh, when Court actually used to work on this station, Court of Court and Pebble used to work on this station. He didn't when, look that old. No, he doesn't. He seems very youthful. He worked on the station. Uh, I don't know the answer. He's in his 30s, I think. Huh. He's got a kid. But he worked on the station when it was KBBT AM. It was an AM alternative music station, which is strange. Uh, and then we became KCMD. And I think they figured that that would really, that would, the audience would really like that because it was comedy. And so there's a CMD or whatever. And so we're still KCMD. We never bothered to change it. So, so do you want to read Carl Click's suggestion? It says K UFO best talk ever. So I don't. I was unclear about whether he was whether he was suggesting that there ought to be some kind of format change, which would just be awkward. Uh, I think he was confused. Or is he just? Confused? He probably thinks we're K UFO AM. He probably thinks we're still K UFO. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Well, because he's been around for a long time, probably remembers it that way. Okay. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be seen as somehow passively speaking. Uh, Speaking ill of another radio station, because of course uh, we respect and love our colleagues at KUFO. We do. All right. Uh, here is uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Let's do a Britney watch. Here's your Britney watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson Show.
looks as if Britney Spears conservators have taken the reins and the steering wheel for the pop star. <laughs> uh, Britney's co-conservator, Andrew Wallet, that's his name, Wallet, has received authorization from a judge that will allow them to sell some of the singer's vehicles. While uh, the particular makes and models have not yet been discussed in open court, it could include such vehicles as the Mercedes XLK350, which he purchased last year, and even some of her infamously bumped and banged vehicles that may or may not have been in mint condition. On top of her conservative court dealings, Spears has also been ordered to foot the legal bills of her ex-husband, Kevin Federline. So great. That's so... Mm. Oh, to be in the room when they tell her that. You know what I mean? Commissioner, Commissioner Gordon ordered Spears to pay $375,000 of Federline's legal bills. I mean, you gotta, you got to think that she... Remember how there was that story when she was on the Nuthouse uh, at UCLA or whatever? And there was that story on TMZ about how she... She was told over the phone that her dad had been given control of the estate. She went nuts. She's like, F him. You know, I, I hate my dad. Don't give him control of anything. And now not only does he have control, he's put her on a $1,500 a week allowance, and they're selling off her cars. Uh, you, I mean, you, they're really doing a smart thing, unfortunately for us, by keeping her out of public we and away from the cameras. We haven't seen her in forever. Because you know she's probably going mental about the whole thing, because that girl has lived her whole life never being made to follow anybody's rules. So... I bet that the reason you don't see her is I bet she's just going like loony er over this. Uh, I mean, this has got to be like the worst possible outcome for her. So anyway, there you go. There's your uh, Britney watch as it stands today for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson program. I have another one sent by somebody named Blackberry. Uh, AM 970 Speakeasy Radio. Speakeasy is not bad. Uh, I saw that earlier. I like that. Has so are you committed? Like, do we have to have talk in it at somewhere? I at think so. Point? Because I, cause I think if we're going to... Yes, we do. If, we're gonna, if it's going to be changed, I and think... I do like the Speakeasy. I, the Speakeasy, but I, I guess maybe it doesn't have to say the word talk, but it does have to convey talk, I think. I think that's the whole the whole deal, is that someone who'd never heard of the radio station but saw maybe an ad for it or saw a sticker or something, if they're, like, the goal is to get talk fans who don't kind of know we're here or that aren't listening yet. And so if they see the uh, the name of the station and it doesn't really say talk, it's kind of a wasted opportunity, sort of. So I never have a hard time finding it in the radio in the kitchen. No, no. But I uh, I do uh, I do want to, you know... So this has become a concern? No, it's not really a concern. No, again, please don't don't read anything into this. But I think it's just that solid state radio. The the, the thinking is it's it is a it's both good and bad. I think it's good because it doesn't really mean anything, so we can sort of make it mean whatever we want. Uh, but it just in terms of uh, marketing, you know, which is sort of Susan's bailiwick. Uh, the idea is to sort of because how many times do you hear this where people will call up and they'll go, well, I'd never heard of you before, but I got like some friend who listens or that guy who called up and he's like, well, I heard Morgan Grace was going to be on, so I listened. And I think the theory is that there are uh, people who maybe have seen the station or they've seen the logo or they've seen the whatever around, but they never realized it was a talk station, so they just kind of moved on with their life and didn't bother to check it out. 
So there's a whole bunch of talk listeners out there who would probably like the station if they gave it a chance, but they haven't given it a chance because they don't know it's a talk station. Okay. So anyway, so we that's like... true because whenever I say Solid State Radio, I really don't know what it means. When people ask what it means, I'm like, totally. I don't know. It's just something that we thought sounded cool. And it, it used to, uh, they used to say that on my parents' a bedroom radio, it became, and it weighed like a thousand pounds. It said Sears on it. Yeah, I think it wasn't Solid State Radio, and that was that not uh, didn't that mean that it was not made out of tubes? Correct. They were, they were no t- it was like a uh, uh, series in the of tubes? It was like a circuit board or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because radios used to be have these glass tubes inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when they got away from tubes, they started calling it solid state radio. And of course, that was another reason we liked it because solid state radio was meant to con- uh, to convey sturdiness or durability. So I didn't know that. And given the fact that so much uh, talk radio in Portland just sucks, I mean, it's just flat out. It's, I don't listen to it. Well, it's terrible. Most of it's just awful. Or anywhere. And so there's a huge group of people out there who probably uh, are sick of whatever talk radio they're listening to. And so the uh, the goal is to get them over and yeah. Cool. Here's Tim Riley. What if we said, like, no politics? Well, we discuss politics sometimes, so we really can't say that. I do like Not the, all politics. I like the uh, I like the guy, what is it, the Lars Free Radio, something like that. I mean, I think we ought to go with Lars for radio for a couple of weeks just to sort of annoy him. But then we'll commit to that and, you know, and then somebody will drive through the front of his building again and actually squish him and then totally. he won't be there anymore. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, that's true. Uh, Maluma County Commissioner Mario Royho de Steffi says it's time to close down the Selwood Bridge. The busiest two-lane crossing in Oregon. You know, that was the busiest bridge here. That's what it says here. Uh, the county needs to take action because it can't get a 100 degree, uh, 100% guarantee that the bridge built in 1925 won't collapse. Well, <laughs> well, well who, can, who can guarantee that of any bridge? <laughs> and who comes around giving out certificate of non-collapsing? We guarantee this bridge will not collapse. I mean, I can't. Could, I can't. Well, I don't even know that we can promise that we won't collapse. Jesus, I, I might collapse on the way to the bathroom. Who's to say? I, I guess it doesn't help that there are big pieces of, of cement actually falling out underneath it. Jesus, God. So uh, the deficiencies in the decrepit bridge, as it says. <laughs> Remind me to take that home. Are known to engineers in Lehman Light. And the span is coming to increase uh, scrutiny since last summer's collapse of that Minneapolis bridge, which has nothing to do with that. Remember, we told you yesterday, there are millions of pounds of construction material on there. Hundreds of millions of pounds. Don't let that get in the way of scaring people, Mm. Tim. Uh, Let's see. The Selwood Bridge carries an estimated (laughs) 30,000 cars every day. It has weight limits that prohibit buses and every uh, heavy vehicles. I do like the idea that the deficiencies in the decrepit bridge are known to engineers and laymen alike, and yet it is still the most heavily trafficked two-lane bridge. Well, and who's to stop those big trucks from driving across it? I would. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they could be driving across right now. I mean, it's... Is it actually they... illegal for big trucks to go, or is it just sort of a gentleman's agreement? Like, please please don't bring our, our bridge. Oh, drive as fast as you can and not spend too much time on the bridge. <laughs> if you're on a huge there truck, there should be a warning sign. If you're in a semi, please barrel down this road at maximum speed. Don't stop for anyone. This is making sort of a rickety autobahn. Doesn't that make sense? It really does. I mean, there wouldn't be a problem if pe- people just didn't linger there. <laughs> oh man, that's I've never, I'm never, uh, I'm never more, I am never more unnerved on a bridge though than when there's it just gridlock and you're just sitting there, mm-hmm. sitting there because, and I know logic, logically in my head now I'm just picturing a bunch of trucks speeding over the bridge at like a hundred miles an hour. Um, I I know logically that it's no worse on a bridge for cars to be sitting still. And, in fact, it's probably safer because they're not vibrating. But whenever I'm just sitting there, that's when I start thinking about, you know. You know that's what I think about on the Hawthorne Bridge. I start counting how many buses are around me. <laughs> totally. It's like, is that enough to weigh it down? Oh, All right. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. 
Well, a pair of red-tailed hawks has uh, built his nest in the heart of downtown Portland. Uh, these are uh, apparently above an office building, 11 stories above the ground, downtown. This year, three eggs have been laid on the nest. And once again, the Portland Audubon Society has uh, put up some cameras. That's a female, said one Audubon Society. A female is protective of her three eggs, and they're tucked in the nest just one floor below the fire escape. So uh, apparently these uh, nest downtown every year, so be careful of them and don't knock them out of their nests. Uh, all right. <laughs> ah, uh, let's see here. I've got... Uh... Still to come, we have, uh, I think, a corpse watch. Uh, let's see, we have... Oh, the TSA is recruiting for 100 part-time jobs. Did you see that thing about how... What is that new Mac thing, the Mac Air? Is that that new Mac laptop? The one that fits in the manila envelope? Yeah, the oh, Mac Air. Right. The TSA doesn't know what it is now, so they won't let you take it through. So if you, have a, if you have a Mac Air, by the way, don't try to fly with it, because the TSA apparently can't recognize it as being a laptop. Uh, and so there have now been scores of stories of people missing their flights, because the TSA sit there like a bunch of, uh, like a bunch of uh, uh, t- trained uh, morons, uh, poking at it with sticks, trying to figure out what it is. Well, there are 100 part-time jobs for the TSA at PDX, apparently. Really? Uh, they're holding informal meetings Saturday, March 22nd at the Sheraton in Airport Way. One is at 10, the other is at 2. So if you don't want to meet Asian beauties, I guess, or maybe you could do that so on the way back. <laughs> you can make a day of it. Yeah. I'm going to meet an Asian, an Asian what, what lovely. What if the Asian it? lady be impressed in reviewing your TSA uniform? You can email that photo. <laughs> my darling, take a look at my new job. <laughs> <laughs> Big sexy American with impressive TSA job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will meet you at the airport and go and go through your things myself. <laughs> what are we doing now? It's hard, I don't know. It's hard to believe that people don't take the station seriously. <laughs> Or that it can be difficult to come up with one, like, three-word slogan that describes everything. We should just... Fantastic. All right, I'm totally having the voice guy cut that one tomorrow. You should have heard Tim's Freudian slip. I didn't hear it. What was it? Can you say it on the air? Probably not. I wouldn't recommend it. Can you write it down for me? Yeah. Do you have a pen? Um, there we go. I know this is really gripping for the Can you write some things? This is like on Get Smart. And fold the note neatly and pass it to me. <laughs> I don't know why I brought it to like, it's like, oh, we're talking about marketing something, and it's like, why are we marketing? Oh, no. No, no, no. We, we're not saying that on the air. No, he didn't mean to say it. I know, I understand. That's a, a conflation of two Because we were talking about dead eyes. He's like, oh. We were talking about a colleague of ours who has... Uh, Dead, lifeless eyes. And it's possibly armed. No, I'm not going to. I didn't say that. You said that. All right. Uh, in just a few, we will rejoin Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Here's what's still to come. Top five overlooked Kiss songs. Our friend James will join us in the studio for that. Jim Roop coming up later on. Um, uh, all right. Well, before we do anything else, let's welcome another uh, to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com. Our good friend, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir, and how are you today? Hey, Rick. Doing great. How are you? I am fantabulous. What is new in the world of nudity? Well, my skin scouts have been hard at work, and uh, a lot of times the, the guys in my in my skin pyre here are able to see movies before the general public sees them, and, and I get some cool information on upcoming nudity. And today I have two big nu- nudes items, I guess. Uh, one is if you're a fan of Nev Campbell or know her from Party of Five and... Uh, 
and, and many other movies she's been in. Uh, she has a, a DVD that will be coming out in May called I Really Hate My Job. Now, this wasn't something that's released in theaters. It's going kind of straight to DVD. But um, the good news is she has some great breasts and butt shots, uh, considering that she was the girl in Wild Things with uh, the great uh, menage a trois. Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Uh, and, and Matt Dillon that she didn't, if you remember, she did not get naked. She was in the scene, had, had her back to the camera, but uh, was not nude as far as uh, showing anything. So you figure if you're not going to get nude in one of the great uh, scenes in movie history, sex scenes in movie history, what are your chances? But uh, good news, um, I really hate my job will be out in May with some good enough Campbell nudity. Now, uh, I, also there's a movie called Closing the Ring, which is directed by Richard Attenborough, who did Gandhi in A Bridge Too Far. And believe it or not, Misha Barton, who was in, uh, played Marissa in the OC from 2003 to 2006, is very naked in this. Again, breasts and bun shots of her. And this movie has only been released in Spain, but my Skinternational uh, uh, part of the company uh, got the information to us, and it will be released here in the U.S. later this year. But I know a lot of guys are fans of Misha Barton, and they'll be excited to know she's very naked in Closing the Ring, and that's another movie that will be out later this year. Now, uh, finally, I wanted to mention Married with Children Season 8 is out on DVD this week, and one of the actresses I'm often asked if she's ever been naked is Christina Applegate, who played Kelly Bundy for 10 years on the show. And the answer is good news, bad news. The good news, there's a movie she did when she was 18 where she's topless and uh, she's topless. The bad news, the guy she was with had his hands over her breasts. So uh, I can't count it as nudity because she was wearing like a hand bra. So, that's not uh, like... The movie's called Streets from 1990 oh, and uh, she came close. Yeah. Uh, the Sweetest Things, another movie she did with Cameron Diaz where she's in her underwear but not nude but uh no nudity believe it or not from christina applegate who dressed very suggestively in married with children it, uh, the never did nude scene and before we go somebody and by somebody i mean me had a question because i i've only seen the movie once so i can't remember it I, i'm trying to remember and i don't even know how old she was when she made the film so the question might it might not even be applicable here but uh thora birch oh yeah she was uh 17 when she did american beauty so uh, now, so subsequent to that, though, uh, has she been nude or topless or anything? Anything? You know, you know. Believe it or not, um, she did American Beauty and then never did another nude scene. And that movie came out what in '99. So yeah. Uh, she, you know, and what's interesting, her mom, Carol Connors, her mother was one of the actresses in Deep Throat, one of the most famous porn movies of all time. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Mr. Skin at MrSkin.com. As always, my friend, a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Rick. There you go, brother. Uh, dig you that guy. You fantastic today. Skin International. <laughs> I love that guy. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. There's word that a new message from Osama bin Laden will be coming soon. Uh-huh. So apparently they're waiting for the bike messenger. <laughs> uh, the message will be entitled, The response will be what you see, not what you hear. So we'll be waiting for that. We don't know who's going to deliver it or where it's coming from. Get back to us, I guess. But it should be coming soon. So that was an urgent and a bulletin. But I mean, there's from, nothing to it. From who? Is that like Al-Qaeda puts out a MySpace bulletin? I don't know. Us to... All right. But it's coming soon. So we'll be on the... The edges of our seat for that. I'm, no, I'm waiting with bated breath. Well, here's something kind of interesting. It is a, uh, an African-American uh, pastor 
who doesn't like uh, Barack Obama very much. So he's been running around uh, making sermons about him. So maybe we can listen to a little bit of this is the uh, Pastor David Manning of the Atla World Ministries talking to his flock. Obama is a Mac daddy. <laughs> wow. Obama pimps white women and black women. He got started. You didn't notice him until he brought out those big-chested white women with their tight T-shirts and their short pants. That's what a pimp does. Oh, come on. You don't get your campaign started with a big-chested white woman. She must be a 54D, double D. And a pair of white, a pair of shorts on. That's what started his campaign. He put his name on two big 54 D. Okay. Wait, wait, but stop this from a, who oh, is this? Mama. What's his name? This, this what is, is, what is his Pastor name? Pastor David Manning. Oh, darn it, because I got uh, the, Pastor Harry Jackson who wants an interview. So his uh, website is atla.org. That's A-T-L-A-H. That's a pastor? Jesus. <laughs> wow. All right. Okay. okay, you guys that? keep talking. Yeah. I'm going to listen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hold on. It's okay. Mm. Okay, I cut it. Wait. Okay, hold on. That's, that's, that's this, uh continuing to uh, run there. Boy, that was... Uh, okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Jeez. Oh, wow. Okay. So we heard a little speaking like, of someone without any clock. <laughs> that is the loudest profanity I think has ever gone over our air. So you can that. join his church. <laughs> we we had to bleep that. In fact, I double bleeped that. Well, because I did not expect that. That's like that time we. That's like that time we played the Onion, where Dick Cheney said, "And uh, by the way, go f yourself." Except he didn't say f. Wow. <laughs> if you'd like to hear that uncensored, Jesus. Are you going to post that somewhere, Tim? <laughs> okay, let me... Well, I uh, I kind of bailed out of that. Let me see if I can find this again. Why don't you... We'll put that... Make that a project for later. Okay, I'll, I'll post that later. I don't want it to be mistakenly played again. Thank God for technology. Jesus. Oh, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> now I feel all awake. I don't know. I can continue now. Well, um, well, we can take some phone calls. That's always a good idea. After we've just dumped a bunch of things. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let me just read a couple of these emails. Well, I, I tried to contribute things to the program. <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> you contributed a quickened pulse and excitement. I haven't seen Rick look at that panic-stricken in a long time. Well, because you don't expect. By the way, for, for people who didn't hear what happened. So the the preacher. Was talking at this, by the way, his words, not ours. He took certain liberties of speech. Was it Pastor David Manning? Yes. So David Manning, again, his words, not ours. David Manning uh, was saying as part of one of his sermons that Obama is pimping out uh, white women by, and then he showed on the screen a an, like a Go Obama shirt on a well-endowed young white woman. Yeah. And so his claim is that Obama is uh, blah, 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 pimping out white girls, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about, there are 54 double Ds, now! <laughs> and and, then the, ne- and then, the, then the next thing is he used the T word to describe the bosoms. And as we often say, the vagaries of the FCC are a little uh, odd. Lots of things we you know can that's say. Probably not right, the, though. The T word, not one of them. You can't say that. It was an excited utterance. Yeah. 
on a big pair of nine. Well, he's trying to stir the emotions of his flock. <laughs> Jesus. So we then, and I don't think any of us expected that word for the female breast to come out of the... Meanwhile, three sets of eyeballs pop out of heads here in the studio. In related news, three radio hosts have a stroke at the same time. Because, you know, something like if you're playing... That took like a few seconds to occur to because I'm like, wait, did he just say that? Wait, you can't say that. Because, uh, you know, something like you're playing a song or whatever, like you sort of brace yourself where he's like, I don't know, this might not be clean. You know, or if, you know... But or not if, from a man of the cloth, or a man of God. If Storm is in the studio, you're just like, okay, I'll just keep my finger over the dumb button. But then... Uh, I did not expect that word to come out of that guy. Okay. Well, we're going to quit talking about it. Um, well, the more you know. Jesus. Uh, let's see. Susan Reynolds says, hey, I'm back in the building. Can't wait to hear what the audience has come up with. So we'll have uh, Susan Reynolds maybe next hour down here. Uh, how about this one? Rick, AM 970. Not that kind of talk. This is an old school listener, too, because he says, he says it gets past that immediate Air America Sean Hannity recoil and also allows you to use your old Nancy Marchand liners from 1080. He's referring to a liner that Bruce Agler had put together uh, where it is uh, Car- it is Liv, uh, what's her name, Soprano, Tony, Tony Soprano's mother. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those hot talk 1080. And then it's like has a little sound bite dropped in the middle of it. And it was Tony Soprano's mother is going, I don't like that kind of talk. And it was like one of those liners that got played all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Well, this is a memorable program. This will go down the <laughs> It really is. Can't we do the recap tomorrow? <laughs> AM 970. Uh, AM, ni- AM 970, the other talking stain. Uh, Jesus. AM 970, Solid Johnson Radio. Okay, that's pretty good. No, because Solid State and Johnson. So oh, keep, so I, keeping I the best it. of both. <laughs> Solid Johnson Radio. I like the other talking stain. The other talking stain. <laughs> 54 double D's! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> AM 970, the mouth of the Willamette. Okay, that's clever. Probably not going to work. That's clever, though. Well, okie doke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, and I know that this is not as interesting for the audience because we bleeped it, but there is... Let me just say this. And we're not trapped by anything in this room. No. It, it, the, people I who... Know, we had a story about a, a wrong anus operation. I, uh, that's different. That is different. That's a medical operation mm-hmm. and in the news, in the news segment. The, something in another direction. Here, <laughs> here's the, the thing about it is, if you have worked in radio or maybe on TV, if you've worked in the broadcast industry, you sort of know... I mean, would you say that that is a thing that is unique to broadcasting? That kind of... Uh, when someone says that a word, the F word or whatever, and you're like, wow, and you're reaching for the delay button. Right, well, I suppose somebody working in accounting right now would, would not come across something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that happens in other no. in other fields. Because, you know, if you're working in an office, just a regular office, and a guy swears, you know, you, you know maybe you, you kind of, oh, I wish I hadn't said that, I'm sorry. You hit your thumb with a hammer and you say the S word or something. Uh, but it, just in radio and in TV, you are so finely attuned because they, like, drill it into you. Just for years, decades, they drill it into you about not letting certain words on the air. And then, and then, you know, when it actually just comes out, and especially it shouted, uh, you kind of don't. You, there is a special kind of Pavlovian terror reaction to that. Jeez. I mean, can you imagine being in church hearing that? No. What kind of church is that, anyway? Well, you know, but like uh, that Obama's pastor was doing the same thing where he was, you know, again, this is uh, Obama's pastor's uh, words, not ours. But he was doing that thing where he said, 
you know, and blacks ought to say, God damn America. And you're like, I've never in my life, that's a much cooler church than I ever went to. My priest never said anything that interesting. Tell me send you a funny Britney Spears story. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, how about uh, AM 970? No, these are all dumb. I'm not going to read any of these. All right. It's 503-733-2970. <laughs> Here's your choice. Uh, we I don't can, think it's going to get much better. Do a couple calls. I can read some emails about the girls gone wild question we asked earlier. Yes, that sounds good. Okay. How they get compensated? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some of the, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, well, a couple observations. Some of them are just questions. Like I had asked about the girls gone wild video and how, how do I put it? Well, let me just ask you this. Uh, and I'll ask, I'll, I'll direct this to, to Sarah, although I know the answer is obviously no for you. Now, but do you know anyone who has, uh, who has nude photographs of them that are sort of, Maybe out somewhere. I'm not saying you do, but, but you know, who knows? Big world. So we had the whole well, discussion about. Well, like if about... they were in, I know strippers. Uh, but do you know, like you don't know anybody who has, uh, who's, who's ever been in not a Girls Gone Wild video, but I mean, who's like maybe posted on the internet like a photo of them that they might regret in 25 years. Well, I know, I know a few Suicide Girls. Really? Well, see, yeah. And that's, I mean, and you gotta wonder if that's sort of maybe different because that is kind of like being a stripper, regardless, is that like a despite suicide? what they say. Just whatever, however they may wish to gild the lily, you are. I mean, it really is just stripping. It's just on the internet. Um, and again, I'm not passing any judgment. That's almost different because that's sort of the, that is the the deal. Um, it, it, but this guy makes a good point because I was talking about the, the girls who get caught on. I keep saying caught, but the girls who are in a Girls Gone Wild video where they're not professional strippers. Usually, they're not girls who take their clothes off for money. It's a girl drunk at a frat party who signs the release form and thinks it'll be fun and she'll get you know uh, some attention by being on camera, taking off her top or whatever. And I was I was saying like, what happens 25 years from now when there's like a full quarter of the female population who've been nude on the internet? Um, this guy says, along those same lines, he said, I have always wondered about the girls that were some of the early stars of 8mm porn films or Super 8 porn films in the 70s. They have to be in their 50s now, and you always wonder if they ever told anybody about this or if a husband or boyfriend or somebody ever saw the movie. And I actually think about that, too, because, again, that porn used to be a very – it's hard to imagine this now, but porn used to be very underground. You didn't talk about it. It wasn't in the mainstream culture. You know, things like Jenna Jameson having a billboard in Times Square, I mean, that was unthinkable up until about 10 or 12 years ago. Porn used to be a very quiet, hush-hush thing that you just didn't whatever. Um, Timmy Ryan gave me that great DVD that is trailers from old 70s porn films, uh, which is where we got that great sound by the... These girls are not really lesbians. They're part of the new and exciting swinger culture. That audio that we play sometimes is from this DVD that is nothing but old trailers from, like, 1970s porn films. Does he host the program? He does not, sadly. No. Uh, but, you know, you, but you, I actually I watched about 10 minutes of that, and that's why I had to turn it off, because there's just so much, like, grainy, bad 70s porn you can watch. But I'm watching the trailers for these 70s porn films, and obviously, you know, none of those girls became superstars. I mean, re- really, uh, you know, there was, like, Ron Jeremy, and there was Linda Lovelace, and that was pretty much it as far as mainstream porn celebrity until Jenna Jameson. So you're watching these, like, 70s porn films, and you're thinking to yourself, like, who are these girls? How did they get into this? And then the thing, exactly like this guy, I was thinking to myself, like, where are these girls now? Like that girl who was in the, you know, these girls are not really lesbians. Like that porn film. Like what, how old would she be now? What is she doing? Is she like a mom of four in the suburbs somewhere? Like do her kids know that like mom at one point was in some weird grainy 70s porn Mm. film? I am always fascinated by stuff like that. 
stuff that happens early on, and then it just sort of gets buried in the cultural landfill, and you wonder if anybody knows about it. I guess they made that girl that movie. What's that movie, The Girl Next Door? About how a guy discovers his next door neighbor used to be a porn star or something. Came out a couple of years ago. Oh, that really like but it seems sort of ball. Yeah, but it seemed kind of dopey. Like it was a modern. Thing. Yeah. Like I really do wonder about some girl that made some cheap porn film in the seventies, maybe one time only, and she's like fifty now. And like, what, what is like, like who in her family knows about that? That it's just sort of floating out, you know, there somewhere. Uh, this guy says about Girls Gone Wild. Uh, he says, you are right about the priming the pump hypothesis. He says, I went to the University of Arizona, and Girls Gone Wild made uh, at least one and sometimes several trips down there every year. A few friends of mine went to the Girls Gone Wild parties, which always ended up being nine million guys and seven girls, five of whom came with the Girls Gone Wild crew. Uh, several of my female friends went to these parties to check them out. For compensation, they offered such gems as a Girls Gone Wild t-shirt or a baseball cap. A trucker cap. <laughs> so, or a baseball cap, exactly. It's a sweet reward for publicly shaming your entire family. All right. Okay. Let's that sounds take... like a like listener party. <laughs> totally. Sorry. Let's take a couple calls. Yeah, do you have you have that look on your face like there's something you're wanting to say? No, I wasn't sure if that was insulting or not, but it's totally true. That's how I feel every time I like a listener party. It's like seven million dudes and like four slutty girls walking around topless. Well, you know, but you always know what you're going to get. If you want to see the promo, you want to see the slutty girls topless. That is one of the places to go. It's true. You do see boobs there. Uh, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, um, I'm attached to the solid state. I can just change the radio to talk. Solid state talk. Solid state talk. Duly and, noted. Yeah. Uh, and, and then uh, I would also pick, uh, pick the uh, Asian girls one out as well. Hey, I'm not seventy hot Asian girls. All right. Thank yes. you. Thank you. This email says, Rick, did I miss something? Where is the woman with double D breasts that's hanging out with Obama? Is she still around somewhere? Please to direct me to a website. And how much of your show did you just have to dump? Uh, about 20 seconds. <laughs> really, we only had to dump three seconds, but we dumped 20. Uh, Jesus. All right, let's see. Um, what else do we have here? Um, just looking at the... No, all right. Hi. Hi, you're on the Kimerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I got a couple suggestions. Yes, sir. I kind of like that solid fake talk, actually, because you get to keep the same name. I have written it down. Um, I got Rose City Hogwash. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad you find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes? Um, smack Talking Radio, or Talking Smack Radio. Mm, I don't know. I'm, not, I don't, I'm, I'm, un, I'm undecided about that one. I don't know. All right, I'm going to write it down. I'll look at it later and see how I feel about it then. Okay, thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, now, I guess I can read this on the air, and then we really have to break. Here's what's coming up. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Roop, who I guess is, wait for it, talking about what's-her-name, who's in the Girls Gone Wild video. I just saw that. Um, then we have the top five overlooked Kiss songs. Susan Reynolds will join us here, and we'll give her some of the sterling suggestions from the audience. Um, did you see this thing where Aaron says his mom has been in Playboy? That's, yeah, I wasn't sure, but he didn't say not to read it on the air. He's always good about that. Aaron says, my mom was in Playboy. No, I will not tell you the issue. I get weird emails from listeners as it is regarding my mom. Hmm. hmm. I wonder if she used her real name. I wonder if Aaron's seen it. I wonder if that's oh, something that his mom oh, told him about oh, or he came across it in the oh, magazine. Okay, let me, I have to ask you then. If you found out, I'm not saying this is the case, but if you had found out in some alternate universe that your mom had posed for Playboy in, whatever, 25 years ago, uh, would you look? Would you go look at it? Yeah. Well, I mean, because it seems like it's pretty tasteful, unless it's like, no, it depends, though. Not like porn, but like Playboy. Playboy is not a porn like magazine. Like, not any, like... There's not... 
<laughs> wow. Here's what Sarah just did. This is the best. Just like the front? Here's what Sarah just did. Sarah said, do you mean just nudity, not... And then she put her hands together like Mr. Miyagi before he rubs them, and then she spread her hands back apart. Like, here's the church, here's the people. Exactly. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't uh, see it if no, it was no. that. Uh, Playboy doesn't, uh, they don't show any sexual activity, and they don't show the inside of anything. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting to see. Boy, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'd just be weird. I mean, I guess I would, because how can you not? I mean, if your mom had posed for Playboy, if you found that out, I guess you'd have to look at it, because just, I think you would just sort of have to somehow. Because otherwise, I think it might always haunt you weirdly. So, mm. I'm, but... but so I wonder how Aaron found out about that. Did his mom volunteer? Okay, well, Aaron's going to be in tomorrow, by the way. Yes, yeah, so we'll have to ask Not him. Friday. He will be in tomorrow because he's actually leaving for Vegas earlier than Lara and I. So he'll be in tomorrow. Note to self, we are totally asking Aaron about his mom being in Playboy tomorrow. Let's do one more, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hey, Rick, I think you've already got a name for the station. Which is? It would be Talk 970 ADHD Radio. I like ADHD radio in a weird way, but I know that CBS marketing, the CBS corporate guys will not approve of that. They don't, uh, they don't like the HD thing to be slided in any way. Here's right. you corporate guys. How about, how about the new good news? No, no, yeah, I think this is, this is a 50% call. A lighter shade of blue? Bye. All right, let's take a break here. Back after this, more from Tim Riley. Susan Reynolds will be here, the top five. More of your suggestions about the uh, station name. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Now I'm just getting all sorts of disturbing variations on the question about your mom in, in Playboy. Do you want to hear one? Well, you never asked, so would you see... If it was, like, classy and she was young? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if it was out Playboy, of curiosity, yeah. Nothing beyond Playboy. My limit, too, totally. I draw the line at Playboy. Okay, do you want to hear the variation? No. Okay. It's uh, 503 because it is... Okay, yes. Okay, what is it? It's you-specific, although I guess it could apply to me, too. Uh, it just says... I'm sorry you have to hear this, Susan Reynolds. Uh, it just says, so since Sarah has said that she would look at Playboy if her mother had posed, would she look at Playgirl if her father had posed? No. Yeah, see? Yeah. That's just, that's just, see, that's what I'm saying. It's just a whole lot of weird no, there. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. They just scrub now. I wish you hadn't have said that. You asked. I didn't ask. I said no, and then I felt bad for saying no. Oh, you can't take it back now. No. Hello, Jim Roop. Hey, don't feel bad for saying no. There is nothing attractive about the naked male body. No, and I mean, especially if it's somebody to whom you're related. That's, uh, oh, Lord. That's, a, that's something you can never scrub away. That's a, that's a filth that can never be gotten rid of. Son, I'm here to tell you. Uh, it's like a whole lot. You know what it is? is I, I think I made this observation that it's sort of like uh, the male form is sort of like uh, the ceiling at a Costco. It's yeah. like sort of unfinished and just a lot of exposed ductwork. You know what I mean? You know, it's just it's just an efficient machine. That's that's what, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm saying. It was really it's just that is a that it's is trying a, to work. That's function over form. There you go. All right. Works for me. Uh, so uh, well, I guess we were. T uh, did we talk about the the aging baby boomer thing yesterday? We did, didn't we? Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess. Let me ask you this though. Is this? I do have to say that in, uh, sitting around talking with these people, there there was, and I'm not kidding you here. There was more wind passed 
<laughs> and I kid you not, and and no one seemed to notice but me. <laughs> well, because the and old... they're talking to you. Hey, I was uh, <laughs> hey, I, I work out three days a week. At the... Oh, that's great, man. That's wonderful, and you're sort of desperately Thanks. looking for a plant to sit next to. Yeah, something to filter the air. I uh, well, you yeah, know, because something else. Man. The olfactory sense has just gone. You know, it's uh, they uh, they're not even they're not even aware. It's either like, that or hey, wherever you be, let your wind go free. That must be the philosophy. I it's. You know, the it's like we work, uh, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but Richie Bristol has no sense of smell. And so, a, as a result, uh, he, he uses way too much uh, cologne and often the worst kind because, A, he can't tell what the hell it smells like when he buys it. B, he has been known to take the remnants of three different cologne bottles and mix it all together into one big jug. And C, he did this because apparently at a station event one time, somebody later complained to the station that his body odor was offensive because he just never knew that he smelled like a rendering plant, I guess. So <laughs> I'm just saying the sense of smell, you don't really realize how crucial that is until one is in a room with 50 gaseous old people. You know it. Yeah. Hey, so is this fueling some sort of a... Are they are, are baby boomers uh, and their massive sense of entitlement? Are they building like huge, like sort of super rock and roll retirement com communities or something? To, to, well, they are definitely looking to be active. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I hope when I'm you know 65 years old that I think I'm still 50 or still 40 or whatever because man. I, I, I felt a lot older than most of those people were acting. Yeah, well, it's you know? it's. I was looking through Talkers magazine some time back, and they were pitching some. It was some weekend talk show uh, for baby boomers, and the show was called Touch of Gray, and uh, and it, which I guess is a play on the Grateful Dead song, and then also blah 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 gray hair. Uh -huh. But the tagline for the show, and it was like in this terrible, off-putting Microsoft Word sort of edgy font. It just said, "Boomers rock." Like with three exclamation marks, it just made my skin crawl even to look at it. So I think they mean chair. Yeah, um, but I, I really was amazed at uh, at how much they wanted to remain active. And, and a lot of them, when their kids have moved out and not have their own families, they're looking to do something. They want to do some volunteer work. They want to do something because they still have that need to be needed. And that's what they've been doing their whole lives, and they just want to do something, man. They're, they're, it's just, it's crazy. You know, I don't even like to be active now, and I'm only 35. Yeah, and I, I was tired talking to them. You know, and 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 my nostrils were getting to work out. But son, it was, I, I, I was very, very impressed with some of those people, and they're very funny. Well, you know, the thing about the thing about it is, when you get to be a certain age, I think you can, you maybe become funnier or more interesting because you just, you've stopped caring what anybody thinks. You know. And then oh, you, yeah, that was obvious, too, yesterday. You just become like the crankmaster general where everything irritates you and you don't care. Yeah. Uh, hey, are you talking about this, uh, what's your name, this uh, Spitzer hooker? Yeah. So what is the, uh, so we were, this is the Girls Gone Wild thing, right? Because <laughs> yeah, Tim, had, cool. Tim like, had this story earlier. I like this because Joe Francis, you know, the Girls Gone Wild guy. He's all class. Uh, they, have, they have this magazine now. Uh-huh. And um, he, he was offering her a million dollars to do a non-news spread in the magazine. I'm sure Tim told you. Yeah. And, you know, to join the, the tour bus, the Girls Gone Wild tour bus. And somebody at the staff meeting said, have, has anybody checked the archives? They checked the archives. There she was. You know, some four years earlier, with a whole lot more than just posing non-nude. Yeah. And and they put that up on the website, and it saved him a million bucks. And he said, "Hey, it's like, it's like finding a lottery ticket in your couch cushion." <laughs> you well, know? you know, I think that's the deal with a lot of those, like those Madonna photographs that came out early on, and uh, Larry Flint, I think, has said that where he just, 
You know, you'd, you'd shoot everybody who walks in the door and have them sign a release and stick it in a file because you can never tell when they're going to become famous, and those will uh, those will help you out. That was a good move on his part. Seriously. I, I think and I did... apparently there's some great footage, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I think I've cracked your code, Jim. Thank you very much. Um, you know, somebody has a, a question here, which is, and maybe you're not the, the right guy to talk about this because you're not covering, like, the legal angle of it, but he notes that... Let's see, what, was, it was an interesting... Um... Oh, she may have been 17 at the time. I didn't hear that, really. Yeah, they're, they're double-checking all that because now there may be some legal issues because this may have been a week or two before her 18th birthday. So if, if he shot her like that uh, when she was 17, yeah, you know, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother issue. What did he go, isn't that what he got stuck in the hole for last time? Yeah, yeah. Was it, was underage, yeah. Filming underage. Uh, this guy says... Um, Spitzer got busted for going to a hooker because it's against the law. Says, is this girl looking at charges also? And I, this is the, I was actually thinking about this. He said, we have prostitutes in jail in Portland for charging $20, yet all I've heard about Spitzer's hooker is the money she's being offered to take off her clothes again. Yeah, she, she'll wind up uh, on some charges if, if they can actually link her to it. Right. Is it, you know. Did you hear that story about how now the story is the story is that is she, I guess it's like a rule if you're a hooker that you have to see Charlie Sheen once. And so the rumor is... Some story that she and some other hooker were hired by Charlie Sheen, but the deal is that they had to put on cheerleading outfits and do a bunch of cheers about his sexual prowess. Hey, he's got the money. I suppose. But, I mean, I think that is the that is the Lord's way of telling you that you have too much free time and too much money. Yeah. Really. Like, if you know, if, you're not just going to pay the hookers to come over and bonk you. I don't think you. that's the Lord's way of telling you that. <laughs> but I know what you mean. But, I mean, really, why you like, Let's well, I get you I could... some hookers there, son. <laughs> Oh, thank you, guys. I can just pay them to have sex with me. No, no, no. I'm no, going to get the cheerleader outfits and the whole thing. But not, you deserve it. Not only the cheerleading outfits, that they then had to compose and perform cheers about his manhood. Very good. And you wonder if they were, like, previously written cheers. That Like, did he give them the script for the cheers? Or was part of the money that, like, they had to write the cheers themselves? you got 30 minutes to write up a cheer. about. Did you hear, uh, speaking of manhood, did you hear about the guy with the mousetrap? Oh, God, no. The Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla thing? No. Oh, man. Do I want to hear? This guy, this court papers were filed against Kimmel and Carolla and some other guy because on their radio show, they dared him, we'll give you a million dollars if you put your manhood in this mousetrap. He did it, but the mousetrap went off. Wait, hold on. Let's and, back and let's, let's back up for a second. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Oh, Hi, Susan. Hi, Susan. Oh, hello, Jim. So the Adam Carolla I'm Show... I'm sorry, Susan. The, the Adam Carolla Show airs on a station that's about 10 feet away from us here. Susan, do you know of what he's speaking? I do not. Is this a new uh, law? No, I saw, no this, this came over the wires this morning. So this, did oh. this happen on the Carolla Radio Show? Yeah, it happened on the radio show. And so a guy, they dared him to put his member... Uh, into uh, a mousetrap, but then he did not anticipate it going off. Right. Was it Steve-O? You know, uh, one of those? Or was it just some guy? No, you know, it, it was a, an actor of some kind, I think. Some, some wannabe wow. guy. Was it a mousetrap or a rat trap? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find it now. Because you, you said manhood. You sparked <laughs> That's what the he whole said. damn thing, not me. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, but, but then the lawsuit is now... Mousetrap lawsuit. Here it is. Jesus. By the uh, way, we should know this is a news story here on a news talk radio station. The guy's name is uh, Caravello. Uh-huh. And he filed lawsuit uh, today. Perry Caravello, a $10.5 million lawsuit because he got hurt. Because they enticed him to 
engage with the... Yeah, the, the and I guess his... they didn't give him the million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what his real beef is. Yeah, because I don't imagine they held a gun to his head and said, he must do this. No, I mean, they, he had a choice. They told him, we'll give you a million dollars, and, and the, he, he, so he laid it right in there. Snap! <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. Goddamn guys are stupid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you on tomorrow, brother? Oh, no, it was $10 million they were, they were going to get. <laughs> no! just, just for complying. Just putting it in the mousetrap. That's all you got to do. <laughs> you think you would have the good sense not to set it on the part that, you know, like, activates the whole thing. I would say, you know, put some duct tape on that, Junior, and I'll be happy to lay anything on it. Good God. Good Lord, yeah. Well, people are deeply dumb. Well, anyway, the, the lawsuit's been filed. But Jimmy Kimmel's saying they didn't serve him properly, so he should be dismissed from the lawsuit. <laughs> they, they dropped off the. They served him by dropping the papers off with his secretary. She's, she's, she's not. She's not allowed to accept things on my behalf. So I'm not, CBS wants to be out of the lawsuit. He's going to. Uh, he's going to make a note not to be home for the next six months. <laughs> you know, the good news is that guy who is undoubtedly deeply, uh, deeply misguided and dumb will not be able to have dumb kids of his own now. So. Well, I guess that's that's the upside. The dumb gene stops here. <laughs> All right. Are you on tomorrow, Jim? Yes, sir. All right, my friend. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Sarah Dillon. How are you doing over there? I'm just doing fabulously. All right. Are you just trying to flush the playgirl image out of your mind? Yeah. All right. Boy, guys are stupid. I, wish, I know. I wish he wouldn't have said that. It really has kind of put... I'm sorry. I'm sure your father would never do anything like that. Okay, let's just move forward. Yeah, no, really. Keep bringing uh, it up. I was over here writing a cheer for Charlie Sheen's really? cheerleaders. Give me a D. <laughs> well, you know. Yes, I think I know, Susan. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Back to the slogan. All right. Would you like to hear something worse that happened to me to flush that out? That really did happen to me? Yes. Okay. Now, I have told the story of inadvertently seeing the photos of my sister giving birth. I, I told you that story, right? Yes. It's like oh. a full-on parenthood moment. Oh. Just like the movie Parenthood, two sets of photos on the glove box of the car, and one of them was like her going to Magic Mountain, and the other one was her shoving out a baby. Uh. And she's like, hey, uh, you ought to see these cool photographs from our vacation. I'm like, all right. Two packages. She didn't tell me what the other ones were either. And that they even existed. I grabbed the wrong package. I open it up, and I'm like, what is this? That doesn't look like a tree. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> what sort? This isn't the Matterhorn. Uh and then as I'm wondering what the photos are of, and I can't quite process it, she goes, oh, by the way, there's also some childbirth photos in there. You don't want to look at those. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, that's actually not. Now, Sarah's already heard that story. Yeah. Uh, so that th this is to, and this is the thing that actually did happen to me. This will, so this will trump any, any horrible thoughts that that email put in your head. So uh, some years back uh, when I was, I forget how old I was, 17, 18, uh, I came to, I was living uh, in Washington, but I came to visit Portland to see Metallica at Portland Meadows. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I stayed, I stayed at my sister's house. And all I'm going to say about it is this, that I was sleeping on the couch in the living room. Uh, my sister's uh, then boyfriend spent the nights, and the walls in the, the home were not as insulated as they might have <gasps> ideally been. Okay. Oh. Okay. So that's like the longest, like 25 minutes or whatever of your life, as you're just sitting there, like the and it's like there's just no pillows thick enough for that. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And you're sitting there, la 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 la, just desperately trying not to hear anything, and yet hearing it all anyway. <laughs> Hi, Susan. How are you? I am just fantastic. Jesus, what an awkward, strange show it's been today. Did you hear that, like, 40 seconds we had to dump earlier today? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't know what you dumped, but I'm sure you'll <laughs> well, tell me later. Yes, I will. <laughs> Give me a tea. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, so we'll we'll talk briefly here. We'll take a then we'll take a break. We'll come back talk some more. Tim will do uh, some news and some so forth. God, it's two thirty already. Where does the day go? 
Just flying by? All right. Um, so uh, as we discussed at the top of the show, now we've been floating the idea of coming up with a different uh, name for the station, with the keeping the AM 970, but trying to find something uh, just in terms of for marketing purposes that actually has the word talk in it. Right. We wanted AM 970 uh, PDX talk. But then we were told by the, the legal firm of whoever that we can't use that. Right. So the rules are uh, it, it, we want it to say talk, but it cannot say PDX, which is on. Tim can't get in. Tim's out there trying to open the door, but there's no door handle. I, uh, and now he's holding the door handle. Hi, Tim. Uh, How you doing? Nothing but the best here at CBS. Absolutely, it's wonderful. Um, so we've got a whole bunch of suggestions so far. Now, do you now do you have suggestions as well? Well, uh, you know, I'm sitting up in my office uh, having a brainstorm of one, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I wrote a few things down, and then we got one. Uh, I got one from the website, from our website. That somebody submitted. Somebody submitted. Okay. Well, do, why don't you do? Do you want to uh, read yours now, and no. then we'll take a break, and we'll do some of the listener suggestions? Well, okay. I, I did. I heard the one guy say "Solid State Talk," which I, I kind of liked. Solid State Talk is that the same guy that said "Solid Johnson Radio"? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's not so good. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, we have we have talked about things like you know the talk that rocks. Right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like mid nineties. No, it really does. Now, actually, it'd be like in a spiky graphic, yeah. like a messy font. Yes. Now remember this. Talk is... and roll. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a brainstorm, so all ideas are welcome and good. Okay. <clears throat> I sh- I should have remembered that when I laughed right out of the gate at Tim's first suggestion. Yeah. Um, I, I, how about, we talk, you listen. Now, wait. <laughs> what? Now, where did you come up with that? I don't know. I just, did somebody already say yes, that? Yes. Oh. No, we like no, that No, 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 but, so, but it was great. It's oh. one of the ones we starred. No, because I wasn't in. I wasn't near the radio. And I came but back. But see, that's how you know. But see, now look, that, that might be proof right there that it's a great idea. I have it uh, right there. Oh. A guy suggested, I forget his name, but a guy suggested that. That was one of the first suggestions. Oh. Uh, that AM 970, we talk, you listen. <laughs> I like that quite a lot. I'm quite fond of that one. Well, okay. Then my work here is done. No, no. What uh, else? What else do you uh, have? Well, I, I I was kind of thinking about because when I heard you talking about girls gone wild, and I thought, what about talk gone wild? This is stupid. Okay, never mind. How about we talk all day? We talk all day. <laughs> or you know, I mean, okay. I'm just trying to think of things. You know, part of the 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 trick here is trying to find things that people would actually say. Right. You know, as opposed to something that sounds very. Well, as opposed to something that sounds like it came out of a marketing meeting somewhere where it's like, how are we going to capture the 18 to 44-year-old? That was like the whole reason that Spike always rubbed yeah. me so wrong. Because Spike just sounds... Yeah. It, exactly. Spike totally sounds like... It sounds so glossy. Mm-hmm. I can just... Wait, is Spike a CBS... Is that a CBS radio station? It is, no, but it? remember it was Spike TV gave CBS the permission to use Spike radio. Now, the weird thing is, I think that that means then in turn they also had to get Spike Lee's permission because remember, Spike Lee right. sued Spike TV. Right. So. And I think that was part of the whole Viacom uh, cable channels. You right. know, that's one that they own. So we're sort of, right. you know, all under the same umbrella. All right. Um, what about, um, we, we, how about the talk alternative? Did we, that's a little slogan. I think, I think Dave yeah. actually said the alternative talk. Okay. And we decided it was good, but it was kind of a mouthful. And uh, a voice of, the voice of Portland? Hmm. Voice is not voice, bad. You know. Did we already suggest the talk of Portland? Well, I wrote that down too, but I wasn't going to say it now because now I was feeling stupid. A listener just wrote me and wrote um, Bridgetown banter. Bridgetown banter. Oh. See, I like banter, voice, speak, uh-huh. things that are maybe synonyms for talk. Somebody else emailed in um, AM nine seventy talk mania. 
Talk Mania. I think we got that oh, one. And, right. we, and actually, and just uh, some of these, a lot of people were trying to do blah, 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 Rose City. But that's also yes. not on the table, right? That is. I think we'd have a tough time. That is, that's another thing where the yeah. lawyers are going to squawk at us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We had the uh, AM 970 Lars Free Radio, which I quite <laughs> like. <laughs> I really. I you, you think we could get away with that? I think I. I, yeah, I'm supposed to be giving the game away by saying yeah. it on the air, but I really was going to propose that we do that for we do that just until we get the season to six. Ah, yeah. Just you know, just because I like anything that rubs him the wrong way. So, so. like an hour we did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about uh, rocking the talk? Rocking the talk. Somebody uh, somebody else said rocking talking radio. Oh, okay. Which is like a now Matt can't get into the studio either. <laughs> <laughs> this is like it's like a it's like a roach motel. <laughs> We're all stuck in here. <laughs> we will never check out. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley has some news. We'll talk a bit more to Susan Reynolds about uh, the station name. Uh, like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7, and uh, so forth. It's 503-733-2970. Said it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Well, okay, then. I'm glad I could amuse. <laughs> Apparently, I was the source of some mirth for quite a while after that the spot ended. Uh, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Hi, Tim, how you doing over there? Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. On to more serious matters. Sacagawea's head has been found. The head of Sacagawea, stolen from Fort Classic with the rest of the statue. Well, they, they, they cut off her head. And try to sell the rest of it for scrap. Of course, they get caught. Well, Sacagawea's hand has been found in the back of a pickup truck, which should, should surprise no <laughs> the one. The final indignity. Yes. Who buys partial statues for scrap metal? <laughs> Seriously. And why not the head? Did they think that nobody would identify it? Well, it might be separate, separate like Napoleon, uh, Sacagawea. <laughs> the the uh, statue had been bolted into a concrete footing, and it disappeared from Fort Clatsop National Memorial Park January 20th. A Ben scrap dealer later tipped off police that, well, he thought he had... Part of Sacagawea anyway. It turned out he was correct. Marcus Bologna uh, of uh, Gearhart got what Judge Philip Nelson said was a maximum sentence he could impose for stealing Sacagawea and chopping off her head. I like the idea that, by the way, that nobody will be able to identify the statue, but they somehow don't think anybody will notice that the whole freaking statue is missing from the park. Mm -hmm. Jesus, the final indignity visited upon Sacagawea by the white man. Head cut off, stuck in the back of a pickup truck. Fifty days in jail. Really? And he's on probation for two years. All right. Uh, they're hoping to put Sacagawea's uh, head back on. and uh, solder that thing right on. I, I don't know how they do it. Uh, but they said having her head is a very important step, which I think we can all agree. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Chinese Olympic organizers are rushing to renovate bathrooms at Olympic venues after complaints. Uh, they like Western-style sit-down toilets. The Chinese are used to squatting over holes, and they said it is unacceptable for other visitors to the world. Most Chinese people are used to the squat toilets, says Mr. Yo. But nowadays, more and more people are demanding to sit down. He'll try to... Uh, the bathrooms there should have and will have seat seat promises, so they have to come up with the seats. They're doing their best to improve their current circumstances. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on it. That's it for me for now. Final thoughts to Marley? <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just not thinking at the moment. There are no, there are no thoughts or anything. <laughs> no final oratorical uh, speeches from a preacher or any kind that you'd like to play? No, that's okay. What an odd although, show it's although, been. Although he may turn up in later news. <laughs> 
in an edited version. You know, it's hard to believe that, for, and I can't speak for Tim, but for many years, I worked at radio stations that had no delay. I mean, I don't think I worked in a radio station with a delay until I worked in Utah. Mm. I think probably the first... God, maybe the first eight years I worked in radio, I was at stations that had no delay. I mean, talk mm. stations, rock stations, just all sorts of vileness undoubtedly was broadcast. Wow. So, okay. Well, we tried to keep that up as best possible. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, the greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back in four or five, uh, six and seven, top of the hour, all the way through like us. By the way, Richie Bristol gave me, <laughs> I saw Sarah eating a Rice Krispie treat during the break. She's like, I got a Rice Krispie treat. I said, where'd you get that? And she's like, oh, it's got peanut butter. It's great. It's from Richie Bristol. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. And I went in and I didn't see any Rice Krispie treats. And I said, hey, Richie, I heard that you had Rice Krispie treats. And so he gives me this, he reaches into his front pocket, oh. into the front pocket of his jeans, pulls it right out. So it's all kind of warm. I can't oh, yeah. believe you haven't eaten it yet. It was delicious. I can't believe oh. you haven't eaten that thing that came out of Richie Bristol's pocket. What? Uh, look, we have... Oh, he's, uh, oh he can't oh, get he it. Can't. I, why, hello, it's uh, Big Jim from the Marconi Show. Hello. Oh, I'm sad that Tim missed this moment. Hello. How are you? I, I'm fine. <laughs> I uh, heard that you guys were discussing uh, something that went down a couple of days ago in the break room. We were uh, talking about the uh, vending machine's reluctance to give up its wares. Yeah, it was very uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey kind of thing, where uh, basically just two angry apes assaulting a perfectly defenseless vending machine. But since you are an actual uh, uh, um, uh, show owner... You know, the Rick Emerson show, I feel that responsibility should fall on you as I'm just a hapless producer. I was there. Easily led astray by a uh, crafty veteran of uh, stolen snacks. I was the on-site manager at the time, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to be there that day. Okay? The best part was how, like, as it went on, like, you squinted your eyes more and more narrowly, it, as though the vending machine had wronged you personally in the past. Like it had insulted your mother or something. No, there, there are times where, honestly, after a while, it becomes very primal. It, you know, it, it is refusing to cooperate. I have put in my money. I have made my selection. I have pushed my buttons. And nothing has happened. Man versus machine. Man versus machine. Yeah, I, I was still Henry. I was no. I, I was, was just uh, <laughs> still driving man. I was going to be damned if this machine was going to have the best of me. Now, if you don't mind, I have to the go and assault the coffee machine. The best part is the huge black marks all over the wall now. Oh, those are not just from me and you. Those are also from. No, uh, there's, that's like rings in a tree. There are many, many, many black marks on the wall where people have decided the vending machine is shafting them out of their pop tart. God damn it! And just suddenly, it's like all of the pent-up fury of a thousand small humiliations come pouring out at that machine. You like that, gym teacher? Huh? You like that? What? Refuse me for a passport. We'll see. Someone's going to pay. Where are my trans fats? Uh, 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 that's that weird. I have to go and uh, assault the microwave. Bye, Bye now. Now. Bye Jim. Uh, wow. Uh-huh. Hi, Susan. Hello. You have an odd life. I do. This is the All craziest right. job ever. Uh, well, let me uh, let's let me give you these. I know you actually have real work to do, so let me give you this list of this oh is a list God. of the, some things the listeners came up with. Okay. Then we'll uh, take a few calls and we'll uh, we'll call it a day. <laughs> uh, so we have Stumptown Talk, Lars Free Radio. Uh, let's see the Talk of Portland, Talk This Way. Uh, you talk mania, which you've got. Uh, we talk, you listen, which I'm quite, I'm quite partial to. A big kick in the chat. Uh, 
<laughs> AM 970, The Pie Hole, which I think is actually, wasn't it on the list of bad suggestions we came up with? Yes, I believe it right, was. Right next to like a fresh minty talk or whatever. Yeah. Uh, best talk ever. Uh, the Talk of the City. AM 970, we're just saying. Uh, AM 970, Real Talk. Uh, Real Talk Portland. I think that may be it. I think that yeah, may be all the ones we wrote down. Uh, well, let's just uh, do these calls here, and then we'll... Uh, we'll... We could do Straight Talk, like a Dolly Parton callback. Straight Talk? Uh, is that... Wait, that's that movie she did where she was a therapist, right? Yeah. Oh, wasn't, there, wasn't there a format on this frequency called Straight Country? It was. What, when was that? Oh, it was about four or five or six formats ago. <laughs> <laughs> can you do this as a memory exercise? Can you do the format? How far back can you do the formats on this frequency? Starting well, with this one. Um, okay, so we had we have uh, Solid State Radio. We had um, Johnson 970. Uh, before that, we had um, oh, you forgot one before. You forgot Cruise and Oldies. Oh God, is that here? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But we had the um, the uh, classic country. Was okay. one of them. Okay. We had straight country. What was straight country? Like manly country? Yeah, I guess so. It All was right. like, you know, the legends. All right. Like, like a traditional country. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and that was KUPL AM. We had Extreme Talk 970. Extreme Talk. Extreme. I remember we were next door. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had, um, it, it started out as the beat when All I right. got here, KBBT AM. Um, was the alternative, you know, the rock. Uh, and then way, way, way back, it was like KYTE. That's right. I've seen a sticker for that. Some and, guy showed right. me a sticker here. Right, and that. I think for like music of your life or something. It might have been standards. And there was a kite. It was the the um the logo was in the shape of a kite, and we had a sign up on the back of this building forever. I mean, it only came down just a few years ago. Well, doesn't it still say infinity out there? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's you know what it is. You leave it up long enough, and it becomes historic. Exactly. This is our museum piece. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, do we have to break? Um, we probably should. Okay, I'll tell you what. Uh, then we'll come back. I know you have things to do, though. I'm uh, not kicking you out, but no, I, I, hey, if you want to stick around, great. I'm just saying. I hey, would like to hear what the callers have. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll take a break while I eat this thing out of Richie's pocket, uh, and then we'll come back and get a few phone calls. Okay. And forth. Like us at three. Donna Mike at seven. The Rick Emerson Show continues next day, right there. My finger was hovering over the on button, and then as I coughed, the, like I sort of, like my body sort of jerked a little bit, and I pressed the on button. I'm really smooth. Hi, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. We're here with Susan Reynolds. All right, uh, well, let's get a couple of these calls here about the the station name. And so we're pondering a tweak or augmentation of the station name. So the the rule would be, it would have to say talk, but not PDX. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. This will be an anus call, probably. Yes, hello. Uh, yeah, I got one for you, Rick. All right. All right. How about KCMD seven nine seventy? Talk to the thorn. It's the Rose City, you know. Talk to the thorn. Oh. Is this your first you. idea, or did you go through <laughs> other ideas before settling on this one? Oh uh, no, there's a half a dozen dumber ones. <laughs> <laughs> you can okay. that. Thank you. Bye. 
Uh, it all kind of Talk became the funny thorns. at the end. Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, hey Rick. How about Informed Talk Radio? Mm-hmm. Writing it down. Informed Talk Radio. It's got a double meaning. You're providing information, but it's also a joke for your informed listeners. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well played, <laughs> sir. All Best right. show ever. Thank you. Okay. Oh, I see. It was a thing inside of things. Oh, uh, you don't need to be jerky. <laughs> hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Thank you, Rick. What's up? You know, I first thought of this being for your show, but it would morph into the station, too. It was like, get some breathy, deep voice guy to say, Rick Emerson, talk if you dare. That's sort of uh, intimidating and a little creepy, I would <laughs> say. Talk if you dare. It's like you never call. You know? I mean, calling, calling Rick Emerson is a bit intimidating. Talk you if you dare. No, no, we're all kinds and, of polite. And then you could make the station be, uh, we dare to talk. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. You Bye. know, you know what that that big voice thing reminds me of. Uh, that uh, let's see if I have this. Do I have this handy here? Oh, I heard that wrecking relationships since. No, no. See, I wasn't. I wasn't even going to do that. I was actually going to do the. What was the, that thing? I think we played this uh, yesterday, where it's uh, Lars. Right there, that right there. And it's got the. I think it's got the equally creepy endings. Wait. Break. That's crazy. Lars Larson. Yeah. One more final call. Hi, don't suck. What's your uh, suggestion? Hi. Hello? Hi. Yes, it's you, sir. Hi. I got just AM970, your Rose City Talkathon. All right. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right. There you go. All right, Susan. So there you go. That's the raw clay with which we uh, are working. I'll be up there sculpting. All right. We're going to thank Cena Radio correspondent uh, James Roop and Lisa Desjardins, as well as Big Jim for the Marconi Show and Mr. Skin. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Geek in the City Duran. Sarah X. Dillon produces the show today and every day in the newsroom. Tim Riley and the phone's Richie Bristol. Dave's in as the gatekeeper. Bridget from upstairs is the webmistress. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7. Uh, we'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the recap at 11 a.m. for the regular show. I regret nothing. I'm huge. <laughs> yeah. Bye now.